0: Uh, live rounds episode 10. Um, we got, we got Brandon here joining us tonight and, uh, it's basically gonna be pretty wrestling heavy at first and then we'll get into MMA as the, the chat goes on, but we've got a lot to cover wrestling. We already have 14 people in here, so I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, get started in just a second. See if we can get other people in here. Um, Cody says, what's up chat? Alexander Fitzgerald's in the house. John's in the house. Thanks for coming, guys. Um, so, yeah. Uh, first off, Brandon, I was wondering, like, how often do you watch GCW?
1: I only watch the Joey Bre- uh, the Joey Janela Spring Breaks.
0: Okay. Like, during yeah. many
1: weekends or whenever they happen. Like, those are the ones I've really watched. So outside of that, this was like the first one I I ordered this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I feel like that's how a lot of people felt um, that ordered this weekend. Like, I feel like that if you were curious about GCW and you needed a reason to give it a chance, like, this was the show. And for the price and everything, like, I loved it, y'all. Like, I thought that the especially uh, night one, I I can't explain to you how crazy that environment was for that match like how everything that you thought could happen played out if these things did happen you know what I mean like the unpredictability of the match like when it first I mean I'm going all over the place but when it came to the main event right like the, the fact that they had security let Matt Cardona get in the thing, because he wasn't going to be able to get to the ring without security. The <laughs> fact weird. that, like, Nick Gage is literally mobbed by people. He can't even move forward. Like, it took a long time to get there, which is somewhat normal, but that was a really packed house for that show. And when I first started the match, when I first saw it, I'm like, look, there's no light tubes. This thing, they're going to kind of mail this in. Like Cardona is not – he was already like really like uh, elbow padded up, forearms covered the whole night. I'm like, gloves. he's about to mail this in, right? That's what I thought. Um, and then I'm chatting with Bill through text because Bill ordered it too. And I'm just like, dude, I don't know if Cardona's actually going to take anything. And he's like, oh, he will. He's milking the piss out of this crowd. He's about to get it. And I'm like, okay. And then, dude, once he takes the spear through the glass, it is, like, on, like, Donkey Kong. And whatever people want to say about Matt Cardona, like, give that man credit because he went through it. The the superplex through glass, the light tubes, the pizza cutter, the stabbing of his head with the glass tubes. Like, he did did it all. So I give him mad respect for that. And, like, it was – It was BS because, like, he gave him that superplex through the glass on the chairs and the crowd is still chanting, you still suck. You still suck. (laughs) No matter what he did, like, they still hated him. But, like, I don't know if we've seen heel heat like that in a really, really long time. But what an amazing story both guys told. What amazing buildup. Like, I loved this
2: match. Yeah, I mean, I you gotta direct it one way or another. So we know, so we know are yeah, yeah. gonna talk over each other. Oh,
1: yeah, but, yeah, sure.
2: um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't I haven't ever seen anything like that, like the end of that match where the yeah. fans just re- relentlessly just threw through trash and I mean, obviously, I saw like the NWO formation in '96 and all that, but that's like a big arena where like the fans aren't that close this was a packed house with everyone just throwing whatever they had in their hand at at Cardona. If you look closely, you can see right when he wins the title and stands up, the first thing that hits him, hits him right in the dick. It's like a bottle right to the dick. And he's like, Oh, and then, and then it's just like from every direction. Um, But yeah, I have plenty of thoughts on this, but I've also been talking about it all week. I want to know what you thought about it, Brandon.
1: No, I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. I mean, that, that scene. I mean, I heard that they may have had a couple plants that kind of started the throwing, but honestly, it worked because everyone else got, got involved, and it just like, just honestly, a spectacular scene. Um, the match itself was crazy. Obviously, I don't watch too many death match type matches, so, um, I but I, I really enjoyed it for sure. And like I said, just like you said, like the the heat, the hill heat that he was able to create, and just like. I mean, you gotta give the guy his respect, honestly, what he was able to go through. Like he didn't have to do that at all. And he was able to, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was I think, awesome they did that.
0: I think one thing is cool about the whole thing too is like fans, like if you know who Matt Cardona is, if you followed his career, if you've heard him, if you've listened to their figure podcast, he's a really cool dude, a diehard fan. He's always been like wrestling has been his life. But like there's really been nothing that like as a fan, you can really be like, yeah, that's my guy or like a moment to where it's like, yeah, he won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania where like nobody expected it that had absolutely no build. I was in the building. I was shocked when it happened. But like he he, he didn't he lose it like shortly after. Like it was it was nothing. And then he. You know, he he like jobbed out all the time in a tag match. Like he never had that like defining moment. And I feel like he got it. I feel like he got it with the Nick Gage match. I feel like that he really earned a lot of people's respect. And he this this match will go down as like probably his greatest career achievement, in my opinion.
1: Even bigger than the mania when they won the ladder I match. Think it is. Yeah. I think
0: it is. I mean, I think for a moment, you know, he got to celebrate with his dad, you know, he, he in front of a hundred thousand people, like amazing moment. Right. But if you want to talk about like a career defining moment, I thought that match
1: was it. No, I definitely agree with that for sure.
2: Yeah, and, like he needed to do this too because we've said we've said it a lot. Like it really, it really felt like we were just seeing Zack Ryder from the WWE after he left, where where he, in AEW and Impact and stuff is like the same stuff and. Yeah, like the, 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 when you go from like an afterthought in impact wrestling, basically, to like the most talked about guy for the entire weekend in wrestling, like more talked about than anything the WWE did, more talked about than anything AEW did, like that's a gigantic win for Matt Cardona. So, like, yes. um, I mean, I love it for him. And then there's a lot of other stuff about the show that I thought was we're, awesome. We're, we're going to get yeah. into
1: grab He was able to grab the headlines when there's like really big stuff happening in wrestling. Yeah. So. Well, did
0: you see that picture floating around yeah. of Punk, Brian, and him as all champions? And mm-hmm. man, it, it really felt like he was, he belonged in that category with those guys this week. Like it, it really did. But I don't know where he goes from here. I have no idea how they're handling the GCW title at this point. There's a lot of different things they could go. Um, but I think he's going to milk the piss out of this thing. I really do. And I think, I think that it's been good for GCW as well. Like, it's, been, it's, it's gotten a lot of attention. Now, I'm not a diehard GCW fan. I can imagine a lot of fans are absolutely disgusted by this whole thing and are, like, sick about it. But in, in my opinion, just if you're a fan of wrestling – God, you have to love that angle. Like, that angle was amazing as a wrestling fan.
1: I think most of the fans kind of played along to it. And, yeah. I mean, Steven, I think you will probably have a better gauge. But I feel like most of the fans know that he, I mean, I don't think that he would hold this championship for very long. Um, but, you know, I, I think that most fans will probably accept him, at least for right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, that's – Like, I definitely didn't think he was going to win the title. Like, I really could not see Matt Cardona as UCW champion. But now the way that they've played it even since then with having Mark Sterling come out and be, like, his representation on the next show and all that stuff, like, if they go with some sort of angle where he's, like, the anti-hardcore guy or something, that could be really, really good, I think. Or there was also David fan I saw on Twitter put up this idea, and I thought it was pretty genius if... um if Cardona did a story where basically he was, he's he's talking about how he like is like representing ECW basically because he was in WWE ECW when it was around, and and he talks about how he's gonna like defend against all these hardcore legends, but it's him defending against like Matt Stryker and like Colin Delaney and like these kind of guys. I think that'd be pretty uh that'd be pretty incredible type of story that what they need to do is just keep making Cardona look like the biggest, just wuss champion possible. But now we've seen he's willing to do the death matches. So, like, I think him and Gage will run it back at some point, and maybe him and Alice Colon in, like, some sort of, like, ultra-violent match but outside of that, th- outside of that, I think it's going to be Cardona just like trying to just like defend the title in like normal matches or at least that's what he's going to like attempt to do. I think well, in storyline, why,
0: why not just give him Drew Parker, Steven, Alice yeah.
2: Colon wrestled Drew Parker in the first night. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Drew Parker is like completely unbeatable. Like yeah. after, like after seeing what you went through this weekend, it's like, how do you, how do you beat that guy? Um, and Alice Cologne, for people who don't know, he was the three time tournament tournament of survival champion back to back to back. Like that's like the most brutal deathmatch tournament in the US every year. He's won it the last three years in a row. And then Drew Parker comes in and beats him. And it was like that was another one I didn't see coming. Like I thought Cologne was going to retain in that match. So like GCW, what what's great about what they're doing is they're literally just going like, okay, would be like the coolest thing we could possibly do? Just gonna get people to talk about us. Then they just do yeah. it. They don't overthink it.
0: Who do you think? Who do you think contacted them? Like, do you think they contacted Cardona? or You think Cardona contacted them to do this storyline?
2: Uh, I can I mean, see
1: Janela reaching out too. I'm
2: gonna say Janela is a bridge so, there, yeah. and you also got to keep in mind too. Like Myers trains a lot of these guys and stuff, and like yeah. he's got the link there with Cardona and. Um, but what I, I honestly like- what I think happened is I think Cardona talked trash on Twitter like and then Card and then Gage talked back and like there were so many comments and stuff that they were like, "Shit, let's just like actually do this." Like I think it actually started organically.
0: Yeah, maybe. I kind of feel like Cardona's this is his brainchild. I feel like that he he really wanted to do something like this and he contacted them and like, "Hey, what what do we got to do?" Cuz he came out out of nowhere with that Nick Gage tweet about the MDK and like how he's at he found out that Nick Gage is an action figure collector and then Nick Gage is like bro you're corny what are you talking about <laughs> and then like from there it just started and then all of a sudden like I'm gonna challenge him in New Jersey see if he shows up then he attacks him at the end of the show and then like the rest is history so I kind of feel like that this was more so Cardona. Cause I, it, it, and this is one thing he kind of proved too, is he is a little crazy, you know, like he, he said that he's crazy. He said that he's willing to do things. Others aren't. And he proved it. So, um, it, it's just really interesting. It, it what I love about it too, is like, he doesn't really have to play heel. All he has to do is just be himself. And he is absolutely hated. And all Nick Gage has to do is just be himself. And he is absolutely loved. like, it's just depends on where, where they want to go for this. And I did find it interesting, though, that in Chicago, they're doing a War Games. So it's mm-hmm. like, will Cardone even show up in that show? Will he defend the title? Or is it just strictly going to just be like a War Games type show is the main focus?
1: He should definitely be on that show with all those people in town that weekend. I agree. Yeah, he I should, they agree. should definitely take advantage of that. He should be on that show. Yeah. You see that picture sure. afterwards when he was in the hotel, his bed?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's um, like just blood all over. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, well what, what yeah. if he
0: just wanted to wrestle, right? Like he's refusing to do a death match, but he takes on someone like Ninja Mac or Dante Leon or, you know, somebody that's not as one of their big time guys, but somebody that's usually like a someone they use frequently and then just puts it on the line that way. And maybe like comes out with the skin of his teeth or something like that. I don't know. Just there's a lot of different things. Also, like we don't know the future of Nick Gage. The fact that he was willing the fact that he he lost the title to me seems like he could possibly be going to AEW more than what we know, or he's more open and they just don't want him to have the title anymore. Like I I, I don't know. I think they're gonna do him and
2: mox at all out. I love it if they do. I absolutely love it
0: if they because
2: Gage, Gage will be at the War Games match and like he'll do some crazy stuff, but like he won't have to go to the I same lengths too. he normally would in a singles match because everyone else can do stuff around him. So I thought that too, and then then it's like
0: everybody else can do the heavy
2: lifting and he doesn't
0: have to take it as bad, and he'll be there that weekend. Hell yeah!
2: That's did you
0: see? Did you see uh, the Road Two mm-hmm.
1: for that? Yeah, episode? yeah, yeah. I caught it. Oh, it's dope, right.
0: Steven. You need to watch it. It's Nick Gage talking about Jericho, and like he gets a feature. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Not, it's not just like Jericho talking or anything. It's mostly Nick Gage. So, and they show a lot
2: of GCW footage. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I mean, right like, uh, I think it's wild that, like, 2021 Jericho versus Nick Gage is happening. Yeah, it's such it's, a it's mind. Almost,
0: it's almost like like the. like the biggest wet dream child of joey Janela's spring break that you could do right and like it's happening on aw dynamite it's it's crazy did you see joey janela's tweet by the Mm way yeah like that's amazing because he says that nick gage is not going to be watered down at all so Is is that what he said Yep. Yeah. yeah
2: I fully expect jericho to prove he can do death matches like he's he's another guy who constantly reinvents himself he knows he's getting a little stale like I would not be surprised if he full-on like did a match in gcw against someone and just like like went all the way just like cardona did like there's, why wouldn't jericho you know what I mean like why not i
0: don't know he's 48 he's old <laughs> but i'm saying like <laughs> i'm saying if he's
2: willing, I'm saying if he's willing to do it like I mean Dude, there are people in much worse physical shape that regularly wrestle for GCW than Chris Jericho.
0: Oh, no, no, I get that. But, <laughs> but Jericho also, like, you know, if he doesn't have to do something, yeah, I don't know, you know if he's, like, to. jumping at the idea to do it. And like Sure, but he
2: doesn't have to wrestle Nate Gage this Wednesday.
0: No, I agree. It's surprising. <laughs> so, like, that's what makes me wonder, like, how far it's going to go. And, like, we'll see. I'll determine if I watch that and then I'll be like, yeah, he could do GCW. Like, <laughs> yeah, you could face Matt Cardona for the title. I believe that, but I don't know about like Jericho wanting Alex Colon or something like ugh, that. That's rough. We'll see though. Um, yeah. Do you have a super chat um, from dirty clingy? Oh, uh, he actually so awesome. asked us a wrestling ch- uh, chat, a wrestling question. Mm-hmm. Uh, where does Cena rank amongst the greatest wrestlers of all time? What is what is y'all's opinion?
2: I mean, you are talking like just WWE or like the whole landscape um, of wrestling ever? Cause I would just
0: say WWE cuz I mean, you you know, you can go into okay. everything else, but WWE
2: being my top 4 probably. I would say top 10
1: for sure. Yeah. 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 I'd narrow it down maybe a little bit closer to 5.
0: I feel like he's like six, seven, something mm-hmm. like that. But I, I mean, I, it really depends on what
2: you're, yeah, asking. Because I'm like right, right off the bat, I'm automatically like Austin Michaels, The Rock. Uh, prob probably the Rock. The, the only thing with The Rock to me is like Austin was always bigger than The Rock. You know what I mean? Like just by a little bit.
1: But The Rock is also huge. Like really big. Also
0: ben.
2: huge. I think it's awesome. like one A, one B. Well the Rock is obviously rock, is crazy. And The Rock's obviously the most popular wrestler ever, if you're looking at like just to the general public for sure. Right. But like I I'd have to say, yeah. I mean, like who did I say before? Michaels Hogan's gotta be And Hogan's there. gotta be in there. So for me it's Austin, Hogan, Michaels, and Cena probably.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got more like The Rock in there, and then maybe like
1: Ooh, I got angle up there, undertaker,
0: yeah, maybe like undertaker right there, or yeah. angle, like something can, like that. But Cena's right there,
2: he's in there. yeah. Place. You can always make the case for Andre, like depending on kind of your age, too. Especially, like, my that, like,
1: I'm not making that one,
2: yeah, we're sure. in that Andre area. He's well, like, for sure. The every- well, the reason I bring him up is because, like, most of the time when I'm talking about wrestling at all to people that like don't watch wrestling but are older than me he's always the first name that gets brought up yeah you know what i mean or, or hogan it's always hogan or andre or both of them together Well, the
0: reason that hogan got so big too is because andre put
2: him over so right I mean, yeah but we're all in agreement Cena's is in the top 10 i mean he's like yeah, he's sure. i mean for especially sure. with his lo- with his longevity i mean the, the, he was a, he did it at like the highest level for like 15 years and he's still coming back and, and contributing and stuff true so.
1: superstar that they have for
2: sure for sure,
0: and who know who knows what they'll make another one. I mean, I guess Romans right there, but like it is what it is.
2: Still a big gap. Um,
0: we kind of talked yeah. about this, but how violent do you think Gage and Jericho will get? Since TNT and Jericho has talked about not liking the light tube type wrestling. Thank you, Travis, for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm very curious. Will there be light tubes?
2: I don't know. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. I don't know what they're uh, like. uh, The only thing that's more dangerous about light tubes than anything else is like the, just the particles to me, like if like it gets in the crowd or like they breathe it in or like glass gets onto someone in the front row or something. But like, as far as like putting people through them or, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're real light tubes, but like you can even see when they break it over their own heads, like it doesn't take that much effort to, to bust them. Oh yeah. Um, I honestly,
0: I don't think, I think they look really vicious, but I don't think they're super dangerous and they sound super vicious. So like, I think they could do it. I really think they could do it, especially like if they did it dead center in the ring and it wasn't close to the outside or anything like that. I also could see, I could see Gage taking a light tube shot. I don't know if Jericho would take a light tube shot. But I also think this, Jericho probably saw what happened with Cardona. And it's like if if that guy can freaking do it, so can I. Like I could I could see him thinking that too.
1: But it's just I mean, like you said before, is for Jericho, is it really worth it? I mean, it's not gonna really I mean, will it add to his legacy like it does for Cardona?
2: Uh, well, so. Jericho's legacy is so much. He's such on a different level still. Right. But I, know I don't what you're think saying. it does
1: really much for him to do that. As a fan, it would be think, cool to see, to see him go through that. I he has to go that yeah.
2: far, but I think if he has a
0: good hardcore match with Nick Gage, it only helps his legacy. But I think that that's pretty cool. I,
1: I feel like they should have figured out like some of the spots with like the Texas death match from the other week. Yeah. Like the fork, the stabbing of the fork. I feel like yeah. that should have been something for this match coming up. I feel like that's something where you're gonna be like, "Oh, like he's taking it really crazy,"
2: but they've already used that spot. So. I will
0: say this: Jericho's getting pizza cuttered Like that's yeah. happening.
2: I think you know it's like, but it's I, like I feel like it's more likely that we would see light tubes and him actually cut someone with a pizza cutter. I think that's like way more graphic to watch someone do something I agree. like that. But I agree. but I mean, he brought the pizza cutter out on Wednesday, so the expectations yeah. there that he's gonna use it. Um, and I think Jericho wants to take it like and also keep in mind like Jericho like voicing Dark Side of the Ring and stuff. He's very familiar with with Nick Gage like so um, I almost feel like Jericho is seeking this out.
0: Like I don't think that this was an AW idea that just came up to him like, hey, how do you feel about facing Nick
3: Gage?
2: Yeah, I don't know, and part of it is obviously the the labor story that he's doing, yeah, where yeah. he did Spears last week, and then the thing I've been calling for is I want to see him versus Ultimo Dragon. Like, I think that would be incredible if they brought him in, especially if Jericho's gonna have to revert to like gimmicks throughout this thing. He's got to be the pain maker against Gage. I want to see him have to be Lionheart against Ultimo Dragon. Like, I think it'd be awesome if he like went through like these old gimmicks and just because like he he's my favorite wrestler ever, but like even I can admit that he's. Like, he's kind of stale at the moment. And this is something – I think this is his big opportunity to reinvent himself again. So I think he's going to – he's going to do whatever he can to to achieve that, I think. so. Especially
1: um, when you got really big talent coming in, you don't want to – you want to make sure yeah. that you're good. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense.
0: So – and then this is another thing, too, is um, on the hardcore stuff with Jericho, he still has that arm injury. I don't know how bad it is, but he still does have that arm injury as well. So – like I said, it's an interesting matchup. Um, but I I do think, man, for Nick Gage, like to have that match with Cardona, to have the whole internet world buzzing, and then to have a match with Jericho, and if that goes well, like things couldn't be better for Nick Gage right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um which is and- kind of
0: so what is your thoughts on Nick Gage, Brandon? Because Like, I just recently, like, the dark side of the ring really opened my eyes to things. And then, like, when I actually got to see a Nick Gage match live Mm -hmm. and really, like, feel the crowd and, like, the shift. Like, you're talking about a crowd that was red, red hot, right? And then intermission happened. And then it was, like, it kind of fell flat the moment, that they knew that Nick Gage match was coming up. I mean, it was just like, everybody just got this huge adrenaline rush and just went completely nuts. Like he completely owns the crowd. And uh, to see that it was like, wow, this is, this is different. Like he's, he, he has a different response than most.
1: So you kind of, you kind of noticed that when watching the pay-per-view exactly what you said, where they got hot for that, the, uh, the death match right before intermission and they came back. I mean, he was still kind of into it, but not until like that main event. Now, obviously, the main event was hot to begin with, but when he came out, yeah, it was just it was a different breed of, of energy that you would normally see from a wrestling show. It was really, really cool to see for sure. And I'm the same way. I didn't really know too much about him before the Dark Side of the Ring episode. Um, and that was like, I mean, I've seen like highlights and everything, but I'm, that was my first like full match seeing of him. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited to kind of see where this goes and just kind of like this momentum that he's able to get right now is just it's been really cool to see. Yeah,
2: for sure. For sure. I see a lot of people in the chat mentioning, like, that AEW or TNT. Like, I, I'm i not singling out 49ers fan, but I, he was the most recent comment. But I've seen it kind of throughout the chat. Do you – I mean, do you all really think a, that TNT is that concerned if they're letting – I mean, like, they – they're gonna. They're. They know what they're getting into. I think everybody knows what they're getting into with all this stuff. Like well, they're I not mean, gonna be any just, surprises. And they've they done lights out they matches. Just, on they just had
0: the match, match last week that yeah. was. I mean, it wasn't like it's not as barbed wire as match, cut but and everything. Barbed wire, blood yeah. cuts, like stabbing in the head with. They've the been horse. doing hardcore
1: matches for like, like three, four weeks straight with a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, and I know like. They seem pretty up with.
2: And, like, AEW's clearly cool with all this. I I think it was the one of the pay-per-views, but there was the one where it was, like, Janella and Moxley, and he was taking thumbtacks to his feet and stuff. Like, it doesn't really get yes. much more violent Fighter. than that. Mm. Like, yeah, like, so anybody who's, like, seeing this and being like, I just don't know if they'll go, like, I don't... I think that everybody involved knows exactly what they're getting into with all this. Um, I don't think we're gonna see, like, super crazy, ultra-violent stuff, like, to, like, the complete maximum, but, like, I think Jericho and Gage are gonna be Bleeding pretty heavily in the match, so
0: and and honestly, I think that's visually really all you need to see, right? If you see them bleeding, if you see them take a couple of hardcore shots, like fans will go home happy like it doesn't have to be this crazy drawn out war like you saw with Cardona and Gage or anything like it could just be you know a good hardcore match with some crazy spots, and everybody will be fine yeah. and, and it's just curious to see like where you go from here afterwards like I said if it it does lead to Gage and Moxley at all out I mean I think that's amazing like I don't I don't think you can ask for much better than that um because Moxley's not really doing anything Gage is new like he has a bunch of hype going in
1: like I I I love I love the idea do you like why would GCW allow that like why wouldn't it be like hey we want we want him on our pay-per-view
2: like Gage versus Car. You're saying if you did Gage like, they versus Macho, yeah, yeah. Why would they be like, hey, like we want him on our show? I think a big part of it is like, but I think I think a, like the examples like proven this weekend. I think GCW popped the probably the biggest number they ever have just by having. Absolutely. And I think and I think a big part of it was having Gage just show up on Dynamite last week and people going like, who's this guy and why is he so over? I need to watch this show. So it gets GCW a ton of promotion. I think
0: yeah i mean i i can definitely see that um i don't know like i said it, it to me it just seems kind of weird like it, it it seems like like gage might be moving on to other things and still be a part of gcw here and there but i don't know if he'll be the vocal point of the show anymore
2: but we'll see. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Just and I also think Mox is going to show up at GCW the night before All Out too. I don't know if he'll wrestle, but I think he'll show up in the in the building, which is freaking dope. I mean, that'd be yeah. great to set it up. And I mean, I love that. And and that and if that's
0: the case too, it's a nice hand in hand. I mean, they kind of already built this up WrestleMania weekend and GCW, and then you have the payoff at AEW. But you still give them love in the GCW Chicago show. Like, there's cool ways to do that. Plus. I mean, who knows? Like, if I was AEW, I might even consider Cardona messing with Nick Gage at at AEW just to really throw things for a spin because he's the talk of the wrestling world right now for what happened.
1: Like, if he says, hey, if you want to get your belt back, come meet me in, like, my terms and, like, do it on the wrestling ring. They facilitate it, yeah.
0: And, I mean, Tony Khan has a good relationship with Impact. There's just a lot of things you could do if you really wanted to – Spread this out. And who knows?
1: Or even just do it on a rampage or something. Like, oh, even maybe a TV.
0: like, True. Cardona comes up with the idea of the labors that Nick Gage has to go through to get to him or something like that. Like, who knows? Like, he could really milk this thing and turn it into something that could really last. I mean, but to me, like, I think the best case scenario, what you would do is you would make Cardona have to face Nick Gage in a rematch eventually and then – if they do a hardcore match again, but I just don't know if Cardona needs to face anybody outside of Nick Gage just because I, I feel like the story is really between him and Nick Gage, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. They also have just like the never ending thing between Nick Gage and RSP and 440, which, but, but I think war games will finally be the blow off to that. Like this has been going on for like two years straight. So like it's, like I thought the blow-off was spring break. Can you and then, can you
0: kind of explain that as someone yes. that's known GCW for a while? Like I know that they had their match at WrestleMania weekend, but
2: like what led to that? So Nick Gage was the GCW champion and okay. he had held the title for like multiple years straight. Like it was like a long title run. And he faced AJ Gray. And during the match, R.S.P. interfered, but A.J. didn't see the interference and beat Nick Gage for the title. So, like, A.J. Gray broke broke the championship run. And then right after the match, kind of similar to, like, the Just Incredible Tommy Dreamer thing back in the day, R.S.P. challenged A.J. Gray right away for the championship and beat A.J. Gray for it, not Nick Gage. So, A.J. only held the title for, like, a, a few minutes. And then for the next, like, 16 months... Part of it was Gage was hurt, but in the pandemic also happened during the time. But it was basically 16 months or whatever of RSP refusing to give Nick Gage a chance to win the title. So his first shot at RSP after a year and a half of going after him, like because it was a year of like any time RSP was on the show, Nick Gage would come out and try to fight him. But RSP kept keeping him away from him. And 4-4-0 would, you know, he'd have to like beat members of 4-4-0 and whatnot, but he would never get in the ring with RSP. And then so basically after a year and a half, that was spring break. And it was and it was Gage getting his finally like giving it to RSP and, and winning his title back, basically, that he should have never lost. OK, so. Okay.
0: Yeah. And then after he beat him, RSP just has kind of been away. He hasn't really shown up as much.
2: One, the thing is like he's a massive babyface everywhere except for gcw he's like the That's biggest insane. heel in gcw but he's a baby face everywhere else so people were assuming when rsp came back he might align with gauge and there's been some dissension with 440 and that was where like when that happened in their match over the weekend everyone like they totally fooled me i was like oh finally like, okay this is done like rsp and gauge finally had the mutual respect for one another like it's all over and James about to retain the title of Cardona and then he kicks him from behind and the whole deal. And it's like, Oh my God, this is still going. But I, once again, I think war, war games, I think will be a really good blow off for it. Um, and I've been saying for a while, like Atticus Kogar has been like right under RSP for a while. as kind of like his secondhand man. And he's just like waiting to break out as like the next guy, I think. So you could potentially have like, uh, you know, there, there's there's possibilities there too with with you know maybe four four O breaking up or something. I don't I don't know how they do it, but there's a lot of the good thing with, G, with GCW is they have a lot of really good talent that they use regularly. So you see a lot yeah. of the same guys whenever you tune into GCW. So you do get a lot of like long term stories out of it.
0: Yeah, it almost comes across like it's its own promotion. Like, oh for sure, it, that's the way that it. And like honestly, and the, to me, like what I like about it is it gives me like old school not old school but like before ROH was corporate vibes like it has that indie feel that feels way more important than your normal indie but like it it can give you enough buzz and excitement to like order the shows and
2: and get behind you know what I mean yeah it's almost it's almost like when ECW went out of business if CZW would have just like taken off right where ECW left off and like would have been successful Yeah, you know, like GCW, I feel like is getting to a point where like, dude, they could realistically be like the third brand to WWE and AEW. Like they could be like the true hardcore alternative like ECW was back in the day. Like they're building a lot of momentum towards that. So,
0: yeah, it's just interesting because like um, I feel like for me, like to give deathmatch wrestling a chance, I needed somebody like a Nick Gage to draw me in and like i wouldn't have done that if i just was like seeing a random death match of someone i don't know about right so i think that's what what is going to be kind of the test now is like how many new fans did it convert how many people saw it what did they think cuz i don't think death matches are for everyone and i do think that it can be kind of like an overload if you've seen like too many like you're mostly geared in your mind to see
2: like Majority of just wrestling matches, but but usually, I mean, there are some shows that are like death match specific shows where it's like all yeah. death matches. But usually, it's and the reason why I think it works so well and how they actually hooked me in was all this stuff similar to ECW. Like if you tuned in because you wanted to see like Guerrero and Malenko and Mysterio, like you got all that, and then you also got like that ridiculous hard, ridiculously hardcore type stuff. This is the same kind of thing. Like you tune in and it's like. You know, Dante Leone and Ninja Mac and Tony Deppin and Starboy Charlie and like all these guys. And, 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 well, Gresham is, that yeah, was, I know. he's not that often, mean, but it was but awesome. They got him. Yes. Yeah. He's, in my opinion, he's the best technical wrestler in the world right now. So it was, yeah. it was, it was great to see him. But Dude, he is jacked right now. Super. Mm. Yes. Super. But, but, uh, but it's one of those things where like usually you're only going to get like, you might get some like hardcore matches mixed in that are like kind of a mixture of both. But you really only get like one or two like ultra violent death matches. Yeah. So even if you're not into that, you can still tune into the show and like enjoy ninety percent of it because it's just like really solid wrestlers. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? But that's how it hooked me. Is like I was watching all these other guys that I liked at the time, you know, like Blake Christian and Alex Zane and those type of dudes. And then it was like, you know, what? I'm already watching the show. Like, screw it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to get through the death match. I don't know if I can make it, but like I'm gonna try to watch it. And the more that I watched it and the more that I just got callous to, like, seeing certain stuff over and over, now I'm, like, a fan of it because of yeah. like, you know, I'm just used to it now, I guess. But
1: I think I yeah. may have just – maybe I just saw too many because the two shows. I mean, there were two each night. So, by that fourth one on that second night, I was just, like, I'm I'm just kind of tired of this right now. But, yeah, if I had just saw just, like, the first show, yeah, I, I don't think that would have been – like you said, it's you a mixture. So, you got yeah. like, a, nice, a nice mixture of all type of wrestling. So, I would definitely enjoy
2: that a little bit more. Yeah, because, like, also, I mean, like, I think just, like, one of the best matches of the weekend was AJ Gray and Nolan Edward, and there wasn't any weapons in that. Like, that was just a straight-up, yeah. just great one-on-one match between the two young, hungry dudes. Like, one of one of my favorite moments of the entire weekend was Ninja Max's entrance, because you could literally pinpoint the exact moment that he realizes how over he is with the crowd. Like, yeah. I love seeing that kind of stuff, where, like, he comes out, and, like, everyone's kind of quiet, and like his the beat drops for his song and everyone around him is going ninja, ninja, ninja. Yep. And you see him like looking back and forth, he's like, Oh my god, I can't like, I can't believe what's happening. And he, like throws his symbol up and starts running around the ring. Like I love seeing stuff like that. I love seeing AJ Gray's music hit Waka Flocka, and everyone just rapping with him. I'm like, it's just yep. it's just awesome. Like it's it's you just don't get that with any of the other companies, really. I mean you yeah. get kinda you get kind with AEW, but it's just not like on a way different type of scale. Yeah, right.
0: well, and like these people don't just like like they they love these guys. I mean, they're trying to hug them. Yeah, they're very trying, intimate. Yes, very, and <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it but it's like embrace too, right? So it it comes to like a crazy environment, and that's what made the the Cardona finish so wild. Is it was like you took a guy that literally died. From a death match that went to jail, that like has this reputation of being like one of the most badasses in professional wrestling, and you put him up against a guy who still looks like the same guy that's straight out from the WWE, who's an action figure collector, who (laughs) goes to Disneyland and Disney World all the time, who collects Toy Story figures, like, and you had him. (laughs) beat nick gage in his house in front of like 1500 people it was just insane that they actually did it and i mean it was it it really would be like if like uh, john cena beat rob van dam at one night stand like if you ever wondered what that that would have looked like like that's pretty much what it would have looked like so wild yeah
2: absolutely awesome
0: we got super chat from Chris Warden um, as a big Cardona fan. I'll be the first to admit that he's not the best worker or talker, but Saturday's match proved he's more than just a mid card jobber. And like, honestly, I mean, I thought his promos have been great for this whole thing. I thought his promo afterwards was really good on that fight. Um, the, the guy that, that works the fight did that interview with him. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought he's done really well. It's just, I, I, I don't know. Like it, I don't, I don't know if he can not do this without doing this like crazy hardcore deathmatch style. Like if he just has a wrestling match, it just comes across as like this generic WWE guy. Like, I don't know how he breaks that. He's got to rely
1: on this character a little bit more and just kind of yeah. embrace this character without having to do death masters.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, he's still like, he's still flipped to the outside. Like he can still do stuff that would still catch people's attention. I just, I don't know, man. It was, it was all just perfect. Like that night was just perfect. It worked out so good. And it literally felt like he still worked for the WWE. Like the WWE guy is coming to take the GCW title. Like that's what it yeah. felt
2: like. Been, they even played his like Zack Ryder music yep. at the beginning of his entrance and everything. Like, and, and also like, who's, who's to say that like Cardona didn't have, didn't do that. And like, he went home that night or whatever and laid down in bed and he was just like, gotta do that again like i gotta get like like he like he might have been like that way like he might have loved doing death matches you know what i mean like he might just be all in on on doing that for a while like there's certain dudes i talked about nolan edward earlier i've talked about it with doug before and stuff but like i know for a fact that there's eyes on nolan in, in bigger companies that are like super interested and he has like he like he has options like that he can and but he knows he can't do death matches if he signs somewhere like where he's not gonna be able to do them nearly as often. Like you only have this certain window of like being able to do the stuff you really want to do. And like certain, there's certain guys that would rather do death matches for less money than sign off somewhere and then wind up getting put in a performance center for, you know, years or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild that there's actually like, there's like actually some like decent money. And I mean, you actually in, just for what it's worth, usually get paid more to do a death match also than a regular match, um, so their rate goes up a little bit. Yeah, you would hope. You would hope, right? Yeah. But, um, but I do know for a fact most of the guys that I've talked to that do both, they do have a higher rate to do the death match. So there's some incentive there to do that too. Um, but you can make like a decent. I've heard guys. I don't know if you know these dudes or not, but there's guys like John Wade Murdoch and stuff that like only do death matches, and apparently they get pretty good money. So it's like why not you know yeah it's it's it, i it's mean it's just about
0: the cost of of risk and and yeah. if you think it's worth it or not i mean if you do then yeah go for it i mean it seems like that it's definitely way more acceptable than it's ever been before in my opinion like it seems like most indies now are willing to dip their toes in it it seems like that you're having shows that are all deathmatch shows and stuff like I just remember like back in the day CZW, CZW to me was just deathmatch wrestling I did not want to watch it like that mm-hmm. I was just worried to watch wrestling. They had that
1: stigma for a long time mm-hmm. yeah
0: and so and then they tried to get rid of deathmatch wrestling and it killed them so it's like you know you you live by the sword die by the sword type thing but I do think that GCW does it smart to where they have a lot of talent that gets you invested and if you're not a biggest fan of death match wrestling. deathmatch you just kind of got to get through it, and then you're on to the next thing or whatever, you know what I mean? So I was just curious, Brandon, like, you know, being a new viewer, like, who were who were guys you saw that were pretty impressive to you or, you know, up-and-comers that you thought
1: were pretty cool? Ninja Mac. Yeah. Like, for sure. Like, the second the second show, that chair shot he took was just insane. Oh!
2: Did you see afterwards, like, yes, the pictures? You the had to get it show. all sewn up? Yeah.
1: That was oh. just – that was rough. It was a spectacular <laughs> shot, but it was rough, 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 rough. But yeah, he was awesome. Um, I like the kid that faced, uh, Marco, who's that? S- starboard Star Charlie? Charlie. He's he's only yeah, eighteen yeah. years old. Yep. Yeah, because he mm-hmm. faced, he faced faced Gresham the second night, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed him a lot for sure. Um, I mean, I can say I just thought that the show overall was really cool. I mean, too cool Scorpio out there doing those flips. He just.
2: He's still nailing it though. Yeah, like- he is, but it's just like
1: <laughs> rough. Like, holy smokes, man! Did you
0: see? Did you see? He's facing Chris Bay in Vegas. Yeah.
1: Where's this for? Who is no, this for? GCW.
0: DCW.
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's yeah. it's wrest- It's a SummerSlam weekend. Dude, I thought, oh, wow. yeah, I thought, uh, too cold and Grim Reefer was pretty good for what it was. I mean, it wasn't meant to be like a serious match, but like when they came out to the ring, literally all I said, I was watching with a few people, and literally all I said was, I bet you they both smoke weed during the match. That's all I want. Like, as long as they both smoke, because that's Grim Reefer's thing. For those of you who might not know, like, he lights up a joint in all of his matches. It was and, like, so just... weird. He had the mask on. And he was just like, <laughs> Yeah, he's <was> like, <laughs> And, and man, then he revived it, him right. after the match. We put the joint in Reefer's mouth and then like woke him up after the match. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Wrestling.
0: I think if you saw some more like AJ Gray, you would be really impressed by that guy. He's mm-hmm. he's a really physical guy. Um, Dante Leon, Jack Hartwell, Jordan Oliver. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of all those guys. Too. I watched uh,
1: Dante Leon versus Ninja Mac from. Something I just watched it on YouTube. Is it that really JCW awesome.
0: that JCW match? Yeah, because I think they
1: had one and that, that was the one he was masked, and there was one yep. he's I guess unmasked in Texas. Yep. I saw that one as well. Oh, I, I saw I'm gonna watch that one.
0: Yeah, that one, that one's the Loco. That's that's in that building that I uh I dwell in every yeah. every week, every month, basically. Yeah, so, but I'll, I'll dip
1: my I mean I'll dip into GCW for sure coming up. I mean I'm not yeah. sure they have your show, but definitely if they have like a decent car, I'll absolutely watch that again.
0: Yeah. And Uh, the great thing is the price is not bad either, man. Like they, 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 they can sell a lot with only charging like 14 bucks.
2: Yeah. Is that, is that how
1: much the single show costs? Just 14? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys there. Like, like the entire second gear crew, like, is over. Like, you got Matthew Justice, Mance Warner, who just won the titles. Effie's in that group who, like, it's wild because, like, he's carved out such a niche for himself. Like, I, Effie is, like, one of, the, like, the top guys in GCW doing something totally different than anyone else is. Um, Allie Catch is with Effie. Um, you probably haven't seen Manders yet. He hadn't been on, on the shows lately. But, I've seen him. Um, but, they, like, so that whole second gear crew, like, you have a bunch of, like, single stars and tag team dudes, like, all just in that one group alone. And, um well, and that's what's
0: kind of cool about the War Games match is that it wasn't just like deathmatch wrestlers, like Effie's in it, and like the the uh, Mance Warner and Justice is in it, and like Cologne's in it. Like, that's pretty dope. Well,
2: all those guys are deathmatches too, though. Like, like yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you, Mance has done some pretty brutal stuff. Um, no, I'm, I, yes. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you Wait. know
0: what I mean, though? Like, it, like, to me, like, when I say deathmatch, like I'm thinking mainly guys that are just strictly deathmatch guys for the oh, most right. part. Oh, right. Yeah. That, I see what you're what saying. I,
2: mean. I see what you're saying.
1: Really quick before I forget the, the cut that Janella got on the second night under Ooh. his arm. Yeah. That was brutal. We had to tape it up. That was rough.
0: He was freaking out, too. Like the moment it yeah. happened, you just kept looking at it like, uh. Yeah. That was a brutal r- match,
1: by the way. Yeah. I was saying he took a rough fall into the, th- the, uh, the barbed wire. Yes. Because he was just like stuck there and just like. Um, what did you think of uh, Cesar Bononi?
2: Boy, he got bad. That was the best match I've ever seen him have, though. <laughs> yeah, and they
0: hated him, dude. I felt yeah. bad for him. Like if you if you actually look at that guy's story, like his wife got mm-hmm. cancer, and like he's from Brazil, mm-hmm. and like he's really trying to make it here. And man, he was like really hoping he could prove himself. And oh my god,
2: the crowd was like, "Don't come back! Don't yeah. come back!" Like, damn. Janelle
1: already said he's gonna bring him back, but <laughs> damn.
2: Well, that's part of it too. I think with the crowd response is like that's kind of Dickinson's role in GCW. Is like if you wrestle Dickinson, especially if you're making your debut in the company, like you just have to really bring it. Like that's like you got to really show up, like and show out against Dickinson because Dickinson is like one of the most loved guys in the company, also, and he's really big and beyond wrestling too. Um, but um, because usually what will happen, like there was a match between Starboy Charlie and Chris Dickinson like a couple months ago, and that was like, like Starboy Charlie had looked really good for a while, but then it was like the match with Dickinson is what like stamped him as like a GCW regular, like from now on, like, that's like kind of, he's like the gatekeeper almost of like whether or not like you belong in the company. So. And they're um, getting I, that rematch in LA, right? I think with him and Starboy. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I know that they're running it back. I just don't know when, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's LA.
1: What's yeah, the that date on, on that show? Do you know off the top of your head?
0: I think it's the 7th. It's like next a
1: week. Oh, so it's like in August. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I think it's next week. But that's also Amanda and Pena and um, Derek Lewis and whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's also, I, don't even, uh, I don't even want to say his name. Right. And God so, knows. That's okay. who it is. And
2: then, uh, I, yeah, right. Um, and then over on uh, independentwrestling.tv that same weekend, they're doing the Scenic City Invitational, which is a two-night tournament out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Where like most of the guys we're talking about on GCW right now, like they went through this tournament but like in like past years. So as Scenic City is like if if for anyone listening right now, like ten dollars a month on independent wrestling.tv, and you can use code Fight Talk, F-I-G-H-T-T-A L K. That helps me out a lot when y'all use that code. But if for no other reason, like that weekend of like the sixth, seventh or whatever of of August, you will 1 billion percent get your $10 worth out of that tournament. You're going to see a ton of wrestlers that are, that you will see on all these other major companies very soon if you haven't already. So. Yeah, that's awesome. He's going
0: to warrior wrestling to meet switchblade Jay white. Yeah. Right? Warriors wrestling dude. Like you, they have a deal where like you can pay for like uh the meet and greet and like front row seats or whatever for like a hundred bucks or something. And I mean, they have stack cards all the time. I don't know if you know, Brandon, but the last Warriors of Wrestling, it was Ninja Mac and Brian Cage.
1: No, I, I I read when I was looking them up, I read that that happened. I was like, I need to definitely find this.
0: Like that and on that same card is Grisham versus Davey Richards. And like that there's a lot of people on those cards. Like they load those things up.
1: Speaking of Davey, what did you think about the Battle Riot?
0: Um, Battle Riot... Like, I love the environment. I thought they really packed the house. It looked really cool. Um, I haven't watched much of MMLW, but I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of the Contra stuff. And, like, I I've heard a lot so of much stuff about Hammerstone, but, like, to me, he came off, like, a Hulk Hogan ripoff, like, barely yeah. was so big you could barely punch. Like, I... I just it, it wasn't what I thought he was gonna be, honestly. And he might have just had a bad night. I mean, it is just a battle royal match. And it, the guy he was facing at the end, who's supposed to be like the big
2: bad guy. Yeah, like Mads Kruger, he's Logan Creed on the end. He's way better on the indies than he's an MLW, okay, for whatever reason. Yeah, it kind of really. felt
0: almost like WWE generic, but like an indie, I guess you would say. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I thought that little since she dude was pretty crazy, he was uh, he was cracking me up. Zen
2: Zen Zen, she, yeah, oh, yeah, easy. he's like a, a little mass dude. He was the
0: one that was like literally Kofi or Shelton Benjamin's gonna steal his stuff to try to recreate in the Royal Rumble for not being eliminated. Like that
1: Oh guy. yeah, right. Um the guy that Vince just let go of. Uh in, in, Do- in Duque and in Duke, oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. In,
1: yeah. Um I mean he's kind of rough. I mean he's got eyes and presence for sure, but yeah. I wasn't super impressed from just his battle royal.
2: I thought it was, uh, it was pretty awesome that, like, if you watched the, if you're watching GCW live and you were watching the premiere of MLW at the same time, then Jordan Oliver was on both shows at the same time, kind of pulling like a, uh, a a Rick Rude kind of from back in the day. I thought that was pretty cool. Jordan Oliver is one of my favorite guys. Like, he's, he's a kid who, like, I saw years ago. And he was like way skinnier, and like you could tell there was potential, but like it wasn't really clicking yet. And now he's like really putting it together, I think. And he's also like six three or something. He's like taller than you you would think he yeah. is based on the way he wrestles. Like I think he has a real chance of being something really big. So, yeah, he
0: called Conan a cloud. I, I was just like, God, mm, I, I don't, I don't care. Oh, that, I missed that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he him a cloud. I'm like, okay. Um but yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought it was funny, though. They were like, we're going to go out of our way to make sure we keep up with Davey Richards. He's lasted this long. He gets eliminated. They never say anything. They never say that he got eliminated. He's just gone.
1: Like, I just looked asked myself, I was like, did he get I just didn't even remember. Yeah, they didn't say anything.
0: It just showed, like, annoy kicking him. And he's, he's like, close to falling. They cut away. And then, like, he never, you never see him again. They never acknowledged that he was eliminated. I was like, uh, okay. So, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was cool to see like Lee Moriarty and Calvin Tankman and um, Navarro, Casey Navarro, and and guys like that to see them like on a bigger stage, uh, Gino.
2: But um, I'm not sold on some of these storylines, though. We'll see how it goes. The stories aren't always great. Like I cover the show weekly for Fightful, so like I, okay. I watch a lot of MLW. But like the 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 talent they put together for this next season—they have a really, really good roster. So as long as the stories are even like half decent, the matches should deliver. So I think it's a show worth watching, just for for whatever it's worth, uh, you know. But like. especially on YouTube, I mean, like, it, and like I said, it was a yeah. cool
0: vibe and everything. Like, definitely go watch the Battle Riot. It's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fun
2: hour and a half. It's a cool concept, too. It's like it's a battle royal where you can pin or submit or throw over the top. Like, that's how it should be, I think. I yeah. think that's how all battle I, royals I like should be. I like that,
0: too. I like that, too. That, that there was definitely more options. It it kind of plays tricks with you when they first go for the pin and you haven't been watching for, you know, you're like, wait a minute, why are you doing Oh, he's out. <laughs> okay, it makes sense now, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was cool, too. Um, so I, I, I guess we'll wrap things up on GCW, but like, in your prediction, Stephen, like where do you think they go from here? Like do you think that that Cardona's going to be defending only like a big shows? You think it's going to be he's going to be there once a month just to like make his presence known?
2: I really don't know. Like I I think but I I, I legitimately don't think that they would put the belt on, Cord- on Cardona if he wasn't going to be there regularly. Um, or at the very least, if like Mark Sterling wasn't there when he wasn't Mm -hmm. or something like there will be some sort of presence for Matt Cardone on every show in some way, shape or form, I think. Okay. Um, I do think he defends the title at least a few times, but I do think unless, unless Nick Gage signs something with AEW and like, he's going to be spending most of his time there, which I really don't see happening. I I Mm can see him being a part of AEW, but I don't think it'll be like all the time it'll be like a special attraction type thing every now and then i think gage will beat cardona to win the title back at some point in the near future um because i really see the cardona thing really more so as a way for cardona to reinvent himself and a way for gcw to get as much buzz as they possibly can as fast as they can right now because you also have to look at it from the perspective of the forbidden door if people can if you can get people talking about gcw the same way that they're like Impact's involved, AEW's involved, New Japan's involved, GCW's involved. If you can get yourself into these conversations with the big companies, like that's like the best. I think that's the best thing that GCW can can do is like just be in that conversation. And I think Cardona being their champion, even if just for the short term, you know, helps them a lot with that.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. I I do think, like, if they did, let's say Gage, you know, faces Jericho and then ends up facing Moxley at all out, and then let's say he loses it all out, like, and then he goes back to GCW, like, I think that would be fine. Like, I don't think that AEW needs to have him long term or anything like that. And, I mean, honestly, with AEW, as much talent as they have, they can rotate stuff out. You'd only need him every now and then. Like, look at look at Joey Janela, for example. I mean, Joey is right now able to work GCW, and then, you know, he is signed with AEW as well. So, I mean, I think that they can do something like that if they wanted to. Um, but, yeah, it just it, it just would be interesting. But to me, in my opinion, I think that Cardona loses to Nick Gage at some point, and then I think Nick Gage will actually lose to, like, an Alex Colon or something like that to be like the new guy, Koger, whoever they want to put over. But
2: that's what I would do personally. I'd probably have we'll Atticus just, be the one eventually, but yeah. because that also plants seeds for like RSP being jealous that Atticus has the title and they can go at it or something. I mean, there's just a lot. There's a lot of stories that can come out of four four zero breaking up. So,
0: but a, a lot, lot of, of great options. options. Young, I mean, yeah. he he could do this. Atticus and Drew Parker eventually? Like, I don't know. Like, where where did he even come from? Is he... He's he's pretty rare, right? Like, they don't use him often? He's,
2: like... I don't know what Japanese company it is, but he's, yeah. like, the... He's basically the equivalent of the ultra-violent champion or whatever that company is in Japan. Like, it isn't New Japan, obviously, or all Japan, but I, I don't know what company, but he's a I Like, I've heard his name, but this is the first time I've seen him actually wrestle before. So I was, okay. like... I was... Dude, like I said, I was very surprised when he beat Alex Cologne because of how protected Cologne is in death matches. Like as far yeah. as booking, for protection. right, 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 right. Um, so, um, Are
1: you talking about True Parker? Yeah. Oh, uh, They said he's uh, he's in Big Japan.
2: Big Japan. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, because they do death matches there, and he has
2: whatever their death match championship mm-hmm. belt is also. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, so Mike Jones was impressed by Atticus. I thought Atticus cut a really good promo on Joey, too, going into that match. He's um, a very, very slimy, unlikable
2: character, which is like oh, in the, the what the whole point is. Like, they hate him yes. every time that he's on there. So. And he always pops those green meat skewers in people's foreheads. Yes. Like, yes. That's like his trademark thing. Um, but And that's, you know, they're, and that's something is. that
0: Jericho could take, too, honestly, that would look really bad, and they could pull that off if they wanted to do that.
2: Yeah, the first time I saw that live, I almost threw up. Like I literally, like I was standing there, like like from, like the the distance between my, me and my computer right now, away from it was um it was actually a death match between Marco Stunt, uh, Cabana Man Dan were the tag team against Kevin Q and Dominic Guarini. Those guys are in MLW a bit more well known now, and they had a match in a bar in, in Nashville, and I literally was right up next to him, and I was like pretty ignorant to what i was about to be seeing like i didn't because this is the same venue i'd already seen nick gage wrestle in the same venue and he didn't do like any of the death match stuff because like the, the the venue wouldn't let him so i was figuring i wasn't expecting what wound up happening and like i'm right up on this dude i'm right up on the ring and i just see them just popping meat skewers <laughs> into this dude into, into kevin q's forehead and they're just hanging out and i was like And then they just got way too real for me. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, what am I seeing right now? But now I'm just used to it. That's how I felt about uh,
0: light tubes. Like when I first heard those things go off and it was three of them, like Gage brought three of them take together and that girl interrupted his entrance. And I mean, he blasted her with those light tubes. And I was just like, oh God. Like it, it sounds different. I I've heard chair shots and everything else, light tubes. It's like this echoing, almost hollow sound, and it just is brutal. You're like, oh, <laughs> like it, it, it. And then it, you never really get used to it. Like every time I heard it go off, I was like, oh, oh. So <laughs> it was interesting
2: seeing Cardona. Like the first one he threw was like kind of like second guessed it. But then, like by the end of the match, you just swing it over. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but that's the way
0: that they would want it. Like they don't want you to be all careful with it. They want you to just. Oh, like, who took oh, those
1: shit. darts in the back? Oh, um, Cologne. Oh, that was
2: Parker and Cologne. Yeah. yeah,
0: Parker. Parker's the one that threw. No, the one that's the worst thing I saw all weekend with the <laughs> Uh, my stream, my stream. I had to switch oh. my
1: stream from my TV oh. to my computer. So, oh. I like literally, I missed like five minutes of the match. So I turned it on. It was literally at that part. I was like, oh. yeah.
2: I couldn't he look at that. And no. the
0: ear, and of course, he had to spray it too to prove that it's in there. And he's spraying it
2: out. And I'm like, Oh Rough. my god! I've seen that happen before with a. I think it was a G-Raver match where he did that through someone's hand. Oh Yeah, like that—that that, that is too much for me. It is. Yeah, that's, um, that's not even entertaining and, for me. And I, I do, and I also just need to throw this out there. We don't have to really talk about it. There's not a whole lot to talk about with it, but shout out to the the idea that they actually put a detolf outside the ring full of yes. action figures for the yes. Cardona match. Like and that I don't was know if genius. You saw.
0: I don't know if you saw, but someone threw an action figure and hit Cardona. They did. I believe they, it. So it did happen. They grabbed one of them that got knocked out and hit him with it. So, yeah. That was genius. That was, genius. Uh, that was uh, when I first saw the Detolf, too. I was like, dude, those that glass is thick. That is not going <laughs> to break. Like, I don't know what they're thinking with that thing. But then when they decided to try to hit it with a chair, I was like, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, that was smart. And then the, it's the first thing I saw, like weapon wise, I was like, oh, they have a Detolf. <laughs> but yeah, wild. But let's let's yeah. jump into AEW real quick. Um so I think tomorrow's card is awesome. I think it feels like a pay-per-view fight for the fallen. And I've been really thinking about this for the for what I think is the main event, right? And I don't know if it will be. I I think possibly uh FTR and um uh Proud, Proud and Powerful could be the main event cuz they're getting a lot of build up for this thing too, but uh if it's not if it's if the elite versus uh adam page and the dark order um what if what if they don't win what if the dark order and adam page don't win like what if adam yes, really? page is the one that maybe messes up and they lose because of him and then it's like the dark order like has kind of they they haven't lost faith in him but they might be showing a little bit more doubt than they they were before cuz he's like the support system like he kind of already doubts himself and the dark order builds him up what it what happens if possibly they lose this match
1: you can definitely do that i was thinking the other way around where the dark order lose the match for hangman like if he gets eliminated maybe like third or fourth in and like john silver has to come down to him to save the team and he was, he's not able to do it and they lose because of him i think i i would enjoy that story a little bit more yeah versus hangman being the one that calls it on there, but I don't know, man. It's interesting because it just seems like all systems go for the pay-per-view match. And I mean, obviously there's big names coming in and I don't know what they're going to do as far as switching things up, but I don't think you want to sacrifice Heyman right now. So again, they can, they can lose that match, but I don't think they should.
2: I think the only way that they could, well, so I think we're all in agreement that like eventually Hangman should beat Omega for the title. Just oh, like a doubt. But, yeah. but 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 we really don't necessarily care if it happens right now. Like right. they can long play this more if they want to. I'd be fine with him winning the title now, but I'm also totally fine with him winning it later. But they could possibly, especially with all the buzz surrounding potential signings right now, I think it would be smart for AEW. Like if they go the route of Dark Order and Hangman lose tomorrow. Then they say, okay, that was the number one contender. We don't have a contender anymore. I know wins and losses matter in AEW, yada, yada. But it's like, but it's going to be a mystery opponent. We don't know who it's going to be yet, but it'll be someone big. It'll be someone worthy of the championship shot. And like, it's Daniel Bryan. Like yeah. that would be insane. Like, cause I want to do Daniel Bryan and, and Omega as fast as humanly possible. Like I want to, that, I don't want, to me, that's like, that's like the WWE getting Sting and not doing the Undertaker match. Like yeah. just things can happen. Like just do it while it's there. And and Danielson loses, of course, because man needs to be the one to beat Omega. But I'm just thinking, like maybe something like that, where it's like, you know, or even Punk. Of course, you could throw in there. I just don't know how Punk's gonna look in the ring, you know, after seven years and all this. But like, that,
0: that's the thing that seems kind of weird to me. Is it kind of seems like from what I've gathered is like Brian was done, and then it's like Punk basically is like, hey, I want to come too. And then they're kind of like, oh, okay. So now let's kind of figure out how we're going to do all this. Mm -hmm. And how do you bring those two in and still keep Adam pages momentum and still make him champion and like them not be involved? Are they going to have to turn heel when they're super over right now? Like there's just a lot of moving pieces. And one thing that I found interesting in the Kenny Omega interview with Uh, Dave Meltzer was was basically like he's like Tony's pretty tight lit. like we don't we don't really know what's going on so I don't think there's a lot of people that know what's going on I think Tony's definitely in the basement playing with the figures trying to figure this thing out Um, but I'm here for it man like this is gonna be freaking awesome I just it's gonna be interesting how they play this this story out and, and what they're gonna do because I really think with Hangman you can't wait too long and you mm-hmm. can't lose too much credibility while we wait. So it's gonna be it's gonna to be tough.
1: I just I have the thoughts of Ring of Honor with Tyler, Tyler Black. Black. Yep. They just waited way too long to put the championship on him. Like I just remember Final Battle and him and Aries went an hour, and they drew, and that crowd was just like they were ready for it too. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, they just waited too long. They came back to New York a couple months later, and they put the belt on him. But I just felt like they just they they definitely missed the boat on him. And I don't want AEW to do that with the page. I, I felt that he could potentially lose either the match or lose a way to get into the match or something like that, and still be able to revisit it down the line. But again, you just you you want to be sure to strike while the iron is hot for sure with him.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like Alex Fitzgerald mentioned it and this is the that's the feud I've been talking about since day 1 of like punk coming possibly to AEW. Like that's I you can't, turn, drunk, CM, yeah. Yeah, you can't turn CM Punk heel like initially, right? Like he's just going right. to be too over. But I think that will die down faster than what people think because the game's changed. Like there are better wrestlers now in AEW. There are people who can talk in AEW. Like I think like I don't think what CM Punk brings to the table is that impressive in 2021, but he's such a big name that like he's. But but I just think after like a few weeks or a couple months or something, he'll kind of just be another guy in the company. In in all honesty, his his name value is going to be there, but but i but like if you turn him heel and he's out there talking about this drunk cowboy that everyone loves and how he doesn't even like wrestling anymore he's like i've been wrestling for seven years i don't even like this anymore like they've been offering me money for for years to come back they finally gave me a nudge enough and here i am so i'm gonna beat up this drunk cowboy like you know because i've also talked about it on here before he's got to change his in-ring style for me too because like I'm not trying to see him throwing spinning backfists and putting people in anaconda vices when I know what it looks like when he actually fights now. Like he can't sure. actually do this stuff in real fights. We've seen it. So like he gotta change his in ring style, I think, also. So like or maybe he'll really lean into the MMA thing and just hope that like most of the audience wasn't paying attention and he'll come I in think with that's more likely. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think that's more likely. Right. I it's think, possible. I think that Punk really needs this just to build back like the cool factor in him, right? Because I feel like going to the UFC getting his ass kicked by guys that aren't the best. I mean, Mickey Gall's proven to be pretty darn good, but yeah, the the last one with Mike Jackson was was not good. <laughs> and uh Mike Jackson is not a UFC worthy fighter and that was built for Punk to win and it did not work.
2: So Dude was I, punching I, him in the face while waving at the crowd with his other hand. Yeah, like like it, was <laughs> yeah. it was bad.
1: It was so bad. <laughs>
2: But we are in the
0: world of professional wrestling, and I feel like people hold Punk at a certain standard and and value. And I think as long as he goes in there and he still can go and wrestle the same style and deliver good matches and promos, then I think he'll be fine. And honestly, Steven, like, I I don't see Punk as just being another guy in a couple weeks. Like, I think Punk and Brian both are going to be big, big pieces of the company from here on out until they're out of there
1: especially with a second show coming in.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I just think that like, I would just kind of use punk more sparingly. Like I think Dan O'Brien is going to be like maybe even full time. He could he can also be part-time too. I don't know what their deals look like, but I could see Brian Danielson being more of like an every week type dude, having dream matches like fairly often. ICCM Punk is more of like a, like he only wrestles on pay-per-view type thing or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I'm interested to see how it plays out though. Like I'm definitely like, I'm definitely pumped up for the idea of CM Punk being in the company. Um, I just don't know what we're like. We know what we're getting out of Brian Danielson because he's still doing it right now. Punk's been out of the game for so long. And what he did outside of wrestling just was so unimpressive. He has giant balls for doing it. I'll never say differently. Like the fact that he went in there and he fought in the UFC, like that's super admirable, but he just wasn't good at it at all. So like, I, I don't know. It's It'll be interesting to see. But another thing that's cool about CM Punk that I am really looking forward to is, you know, because I look at CM Punk like this. Most people, I think, that get into wrestling are, like, athletes to some degree. CM Punk's, like, a comic book nerd that, like, got into his favorite movie is, like, kind of how I look at it, which I, there's nothing wrong with. It's just right. a different type of mindset, I think, and a different kind of, a kind of life trajectory or whatever. And he... But with him with his own... If he can incorporate his own ideas and like his own stories and do stuff that he's really interested in, because you basically have a scenario where, like, depending on who's healing babyface and stuff, like he could basically be Casey Jones against the dark order of like the Foot Clan. You know what I mean? Like he has like, he can there are really cool stories I think he could tell in AEW that he would just never be allowed to tell in WWE because it's just way too scripted by the company. So, trust me, y'all, like, I'm very pumped up for CM Punk being in the company. I just think that it's totally possible that, like, he isn't as over for as long as what I think people think he might be. Because imagine if he went out there and, like, the matches just, like, weren't that good. But, like, but on the same show, you saw, you know, Hangman Page kill it, Kenny Omega kill it, uh, Cody, Malachi Black, the Young Bucks and all this stuff. And then Punk comes out just throwing, like, his kind of regular stuff. I, I don't know.
3: Yeah.
0: No, it's interesting. And, but this is one thing, too, that I think... So, like, I think Punk and ROH is remembered really, like, favorably, right? And yes. I, I feel like that Punk was definitely, like, had more of an opportunity to present the guy that he wanted to be and all that stuff. And I feel like in the WWE, he was always fighting with management to show, like, who he is and who he wants to be. And, like, I feel like that now with AEW, like... Punk might be able to come up with some really interesting storylines, some really interesting, cool things that we normally didn't get to see from him. So, and I feel like with Daniel Bryan, it's not going to be so much with like storylines. It's going to be more so about like dream matches yes. and things like that. So it, it's kind of a fun little mix, right? Like Punk is going to be more about the storylines and the the creative side of it and Daniel's gonna be more about like the wrestling side of it.
1: Um not to say that Dragon's not gonna be into telling well, stories. No, he will. Especially he will. someone like Kenny Omega where he's like clearly all about the story of it.
0: If you're wrestling Kenny, you have to have a story. Like, Kenny does not want to just go in there and, like, let's have a match to have a match. Like, he definitely wants a story behind it.
2: So. But then he's also got all that other possibility, too, that, like, I know, Brandon, you definitely appreciate the idea of, like, you don't even need a story for him versus Zack Sabre Jr. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, right. all right, here you go. Like, you've right. always wanted it. Just but then you it can it.
1: think of, like, a possibility of, like, a cool story with him and, like, Jungle Boy.
2: Yes. So, yeah, like, exactly. Jungle Boy has
1: to have to, like, pass that test or something like that. I, like, I think they could have a awesome. killer match, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: For
0: sure. Yeah. There's 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 so many options out there. And that's what I love too, is these guys, like so many fresh feuds. Like if they went back to the WWE, a lot of it you've seen before and all that stuff, but like this, it's like a lot of fresh feuds, a lot of cool stories. Um it's 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 almost unreal that it's really happening, but like I'm almost convinced at this point it's definitely happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, how can like I think you can just kind of feel a little bit momentum right now? Like, yeah, it's it's interesting, like it's an awesome feeling right now for sure. Like to like said, just to be as hyped, just for like the possibilities of of what's on on, on tap. What, what, let me ask you this: What do you think this major announcement, this new show or live event that Tony's going to announce? What do you think? United Center. I think. That's what you think? Gonna
0: be, I think it's going to be Chicago United Center. That's
2: my guess. That's a good guess. I, don't, I really don't know, to be honest. I haven't really thought about it too much, but also like that, you know need it to figure out pay
0: per view provider. Like the Bleacher Report is done.
1: Yeah, the BR product, Live is done.
0: BR BR Live is done. I didn't know that. I yeah, mean, that's,
1: that's when, you, when you go to this, it just redirects you to the Bleacher Report website.
0: So there's no way that they have like a strict provider for their pay per view. So this is why I've talked about possibly HBO Max getting involved. Um, I think this would be a huge thing for HBO Max. And you kind of already have the blueprint of what you might want it to be when it comes to WWE and Peacock. Now, I'm not saying they're the same thing, but at least it gives another streaming service the idea, like, "Hey, we're going to get wrestling content. This is exclusive with our company." We'll see what happens there. Um, I also think like you could just uh, do it on Fight or whatever else. But well, that um, that's
2: Fight. Fight carries it for everywhere outside the U.S., right? Right. So that would make sense. And I hope that's where it goes for obvious reasons. Yes, for sure. It saved me a lot of money. So. Right.
0: Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I think that's another
2: issue. Plus, I, I, I
0: personally think by just having their pay-per-views on Bleacher Report Live or whatever, I think it hurt them. I think if they had it on something that some more people are used to, like a fight or whatever, I think that they could even look at more pay-per-view buys.
1: Definitely so. I'm. I've been thinking about this show. Um, I was thinking because I saw the rumors for United Center, like they might be doing some big show there, coming back to it in Chicago. But also thought like, eventually they're gonna have to go out west, and like this is a major. Like when you look at the graphic, major is like in big, big letters. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, United Center would definitely be major. But I feel like if they would go to the West Coast, I think it would be a bigger. Or better opportunity for them to bring in new Japan talent just because you'll be closer to Japan. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, would they run like a staple center out that'd there? In not, Los that'd, be,
2: that'd be badass, though. But
1: and also, you look at Tony, he likes to do the unique venues. Um, the stadium, I looked it up, it was the Bank of California Stadium. It's where their Los Angeles Galaxy or the Los Angeles whatever this is, the soccer team that's out there family a lot is of stuff. Is that where
0: the San Diego Chargers played
1: or whatever? I think, I think so, for sure. But, yeah, I, I just so. take a look. And, like, there's, like – they use that for, like, concerts. Like, there's so many concerts lined up right now, and I feel like that would be, like, a really cool video to, to have. And I think there's only, like, 20, 23
0: 25,000 max that was there for football, so you probably could put more. But I'm just saying – Especially,
1: well. yeah, with on the floor and everything, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. 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 And especially, but, yeah. I mean, outdoor venue, California, you're not going to have to worry about... That like, doesn't make sense because they, they,
0: haven't, they haven't been to California at all yet. So no. if they were to make an announcement like that, California would definitely make and sense. Like I said, that would be
1: like the, the big super show, especially they have that trademark, the first dance. Like maybe this is something like that where they have all of those, you know, you have AEW, you have New Japan, you have Impact, you have all these companies kind of doing like one giant show.
2: That'd be awesome. I love you know, all these
1: ideas. That would
0: that would get people traveling. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think that one would definitely get people moving. We'll
3: that see again, dope see. If
0: like that would be kind of dope if like said like a WrestleMania weekend. It was like a wrestling weekend, but like each company kind of had like their own individual show. But then there was like one big show at the end that like each company all participated in as like a super show. I think that would be sick.
1: Either that or just, again, have the, the indies, like GCW, just line up and maybe play a bigger venue. That way you'll have all those people in there. You can do, like, even bigger shows for
0: them. I, I honestly, like, I think this is going to be an issue, too. California's never going to be open enough ever again, right. which could be true, too. So that's the only thing I would think be worried about, like, making an advanced announcement because, man, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I think that that would definitely be cool. And, I mean – you Know the young bucks and a bunch of others are from California, like they're definitely going to want to go back there. So, like I
1: said, you put
2: a on there, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if they can do like if like PWG comes back around, like at some point, yeah, like is. around then they can actually do like PWG, like before the AEW show or something. That'd be insane. Well, and then
0: AEW could probably put a lot of more talent on that PWG show, too. That's what I'm saying. Want. That's what I mean. Yeah yeah, 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 that'd be awesome. Yeah, there's a and like I said, there's there's no there's no end to this man. Like the it's limitless. Like everybody's working with everybody right now, and you could do pretty much anything you want to do. So it's sick. Like the uh, the, I heard the
1: New York show crossed like eighteen thousand tickets. Yeah, which is it's just gonna stupid. I, I
0: I mean, I remember, I remember, I was like, dude, they're gonna need to announce something big for that to even like move like way over 10, like forget about <laughs> it. And it was like 11,000 sold on pre-sale. And I'm like, this is getting out of hand. Like, wow. You know? I think people
1: have been saying that since like all in was announced. Yeah, like all right? oh, 10,000 yeah. seats, they need CM Punk. Yeah. They need this, they need all these people, they've been saying this. Five minutes, five over
0: seconds, and over, yeah. whatever. And it's like sold out. It's like, oh, okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> whatever. Yeah, that's what I keep saying too, and we don't have to go into this whole conversation. But it's like, you know, we talked we talked about it before. We're like, you know, these reports are coming out. Triple H going, we're gonna do what we can to like figure out how to get get more wrestling fans. Like, we can we're, talk we're about really, Triple
1: H. huh? So we can talk about Triple H.
2: Well, well the, the reason I bring out. it up, the only reason I bring it up is because it's like the fans are all still like we're all still right here. Like, look at AEW say it. Like, we're all here. the... We're all watching wrestling still, which is we're not no. watching your product. Like you can get us back, you just have to cater to us. But AEW is catering to us, and so we're watching it. Like it's it's pretty simple. Like going to Rolling Loud, like that's cool and all, but those fans don't care about wrestling.
1: Like I just from the <laughs> moment it was announced, I just I didn't even say anything. I try not to be too negative on Twitter, so I didn't even say anything. But as soon as that was announced, I'm like, this product is way too lame to be put in front of those people. And I was like, it's not going to work. And granted, that crowd apparently didn't do. Anything for anybody that whole weekend, right? But still, it doesn't make any WWE look any better because of that. I mean, was it
0: only like Chad Gable and somebody else? Uh, like Dawkins, yeah, Dawkins, yeah. and like that was it. That's all yeah. they showed on TV. And I, I did headlocks. To, to me, it was just like, uh, just to show a big, massive crowd that WWE produces. What I felt like that they were trying to present, and it's like, dude, like. They don't care about this. This is
1: nonsense. They should have sent Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy out there and have a four minute match. Some people that people, some guys that people know, right? Orton Hit an RKO, send everybody. Well, I won't say happy, but at least they they understand what's going on. Versus <laughs> yes. Angelo Dawkins trying to do a headlock with Chad Gable.
2: <laughs> They're all probably seeing Otis, like, what the hell is this? Right. <laughs> right.
1: It's very cringy. I don't know him cringe a lot, but I saw that and I was like, ugh.
2: Like does Otis even do like the worm anymore? Because that's like the one thing that probably would have been over. It's like if he would have done that in front of everybody. <laughs> pretty, I don't
3: know,
1: man. That, shit. <laughs> they, they don't know their audience at all. It's no.
0: Bad. No. And and how about the the fact that they said that if Jeff Hardy was healthy, he would have beat Cross again? Um, I've
1: heard that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like So that what? makes Keith Lee look So that makes okay. So <laughs> So okay. So he was supposed to beat Jeff Hardy was supposed to beat Karen Cross again. Yes. Why is he still a champion? Like they should have had a match with Joe tonight and get the belt off of him right now. Like yeah. whatever. But, uh, he, he was supposed to win. He did. He wasn't at raw, obviously. So they brought Keith Lee in to lose. So it makes Keith Lee looks look even worse. He wouldn't even yes. scheduled to, he wouldn't even scheduled to be wrestling. They could have just kept Karen Cross off the show. But they decided like, to bring both of them on here. Like, let's we need a, We need a guy to lose. Who could it be? Call Keith Lee. Yeah, right. let's
0: bring him in. Make sure he jobs. What? And then Keith Lee's all like, "I'm going to tell my story in a couple of weeks." Like, dude, obviously you're not happy. This is a disaster at this. point. I'm
1: just waiting for the tweet. The uh, we've w- come to w- terms. Yeah.
2: terms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Deb yeah, for he, he, sure. He apparently tweeted and then deleted something before that tweet, though. Also, like something about um let me see if i can find it real quick i know jeremy lambert from fightful like had like a screenshot of it or something that i saw earlier let me see if i can find it real quick but like apparently keith lee um he put out a uh can i find it i don't know if i can find it fast enough but he he tweeted something like kind of ominous about like it, it kind of alluded to like like they're just dropping me out every week, like another week and another job or so, like something like that. And then he deleted it and then put out that tweet. I'm just going to tell the story myself in two weeks or whatever. So, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not ever like advocating like people losing their jobs and all that stuff. Like I don't, I wouldn't like celebrate Keith Lee leaving if that's like where he wants to be and he's making good money for his family and stuff. But like all signs point to him not being around much longer. So,
0: I heard that he would like, like previously before he signed, he'd want to go to New Japan. I would love to see that. I would love to see Keith Lee in New Japan. Um, if he's if he's down for the travel and all, but, in, you know, whenever New Japan actually can bounce back. But I would love to see that. Um, at some point, the thing with AEW, man, like you can only take so many
2: guys. Like this thing is yeah. getting pretty freaking full. Yeah, like Keith Lee's definitely got the talent to have like plenty of good matches in AEW, but like you do have to like at some point, Outside of like massive stars that like are just undeniably you have to sign. Like I'm not saying that AEW yeah, yeah, like you have like if they're available, you have to. But right. like he wouldn't like, have the same.
1: He wouldn't have the same level of contract that those guys would have because right. not everyone's right. exclusively signed with AEW.
2: Very true. And and uh, by the way, like I like I think and uh, that Keith would do great in AEW. I just also think that like at a certain point, though, like. There's already enough people saying, like, they're already taking too many former WWE guys. For sure. Um, But, like, Heathley... What what do you think about, like, Buddy
1: Murphy, though?
0: Like, that's that's a tough one for me because I think he's really good. His moveset is very similar to Omega.
1: It's very similar to Omega. That's the one thing that I'm not a big fan of, but... But only I wouldn't mind seeing him.
0: Though, right now he's he's more in his prime than Omega, in my opinion. Like I think that he's a, a younger, healthier. You know, Omega seems pretty beat up at this point, I, and that's why I think he would be kind of dope in J- New Japan. Yes, yeah. Like, you you kind of get that Kenny Omega type back in New Japan, like that
2: style. Throw him in the bullet. Give him a bullet club shirt. Like why just not? yeah, just I mean. Because okay, I think I think Murphy would really benefit from going somewhere else first and just upping his market value. Yeah. Like, certain guys, when they leave the WWE, they've Heathley is going to be kind of in this boat too, unfortunately. Um, where like he was around just long enough that they were able to ruin him. So like, if they can like just gain some more momentum somewhere else, up their value, and then and then show up maybe in AEW, I can. I don't know, but it also depends on the story and stuff, too, right? Like, I mean, I'm definitely not against Heathley coming right over or Murphy coming right over, but I also don't want it to be at the expense of like Jungle Boy or Darby Allin or somebody who's like been getting a push since the beginning of AEW having to take a backseat to somebody just because they came from WWE TV. You know what I mean? So,
0: yeah. And this one says, do you guys think AEW would uh, sign Braun Strowman? I I don't think think they should. I don't think they should. Would they? Yes,
2: but
1: I don't think they shouldn't.
0: That's my thing, too, is, like, I'm worried that, like, Mark Henry and Big Show and them are really in Tony Khan's ear to try to get him done and talk about how much potential he has and all this stuff. But, man, like, there's only so many guys you can take. And and he's expensive. Like, I just, I would not. Um, This is another one. Thoughts on Andrade and the Death Triangle storyline? Do you eventually see him replacing Pac? I thought that they were going to turn on Pac last week. Same. Um, So, yeah, I eventually do. Although I would love to see Andrade and Pentagon. I think that would – and Steven, I know you don't like the whole zero middle, but like so, over.
2: so I, over. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I don't like it 30 times a match. Man. Like that's is, that's my only thing. Like the crowd that the they – The got was crazy this time. time. Very good.
0: Yes. Pop yeah. Like they're, they're super over
2: but he's also been doing it less lately. He's only been doing it like once or twice. Like my, my issues are when like the match is like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then it just stops completely just so he can get in his, his thing. Or he'll be like, he will be about to hit his finishing move. And instead he does the thing and it gets reversed. And it's just like, what the hell, man? Like you're this incredible wrestler. Like, why do you keep, it's like, it's like his Tourette's like no matter what happens, you just got to keep getting these in. And I'm like, but he hasn't been doing it as much lately. So and he is incredibly over like, Irregardless. Irregardless. Really over. Both Um, of them are. Phoenix and him. Like, like I I loved his work in Lucha Underground. Loved
0: it. He's a a guy I think could be, like, a main event player, too. Like, I think him and Andrade would have a killer match. I would love to see that feud. There's just so many guys now, man. There's so many opportunities. I I I, And what I do love about AEW, too, is, like, a guy could get injured and it's no problem. Like, they can just put in somebody else. Like, it is not – these guys don't aren't being forced to have to be there. I honestly feel like they want to be there more than they're, like, forced to be there type thing. So, like, if – you know, like, Moxley could have stayed home longer after having a baby, but, like, he's like, hey, book me on two shows. Book mm-hmm. me on Austin and book me on Dallas. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a different vibe. The guys love being backstage. The guys love being a part of it. So that's really cool to see. But I, I do love that, like this show is not hinged on one or two people. Like this roster is stacked, and one guy can leave, and others can come right back.
2: Yeah, yeah. The uh, and I think that there's also probably just a, it's just speculation, but I'd assume when guys and girls and stuff like get hurt in AEW. Isn't the same like level of fear that like when you get hurt in the WWE and you're like this could be it like they might not and they might just label me as injury prone and like I'm not gonna ever get a push again and like someone's gonna mm-hmm. take my spot in AEW because the way it's already set up is like you don't always see everybody every week on Dynamite like you might see you know Darby might be on one week and it might be another two weeks before you see him again or something yep. so like you don't it is like the WWE where it's just like every Monday it's the same people. So, like, if you get out of that loop, you just get replaced and, like, you don't know what's going to happen later. I think just, like, the whole vibe of AEW is just so much healthier. Like, yeah. when you hear wrestlers talk about being there, that if, especially the ones that have been in the WWE before, they're all telling other wrestlers, like, yo, you would love it. Like, come, come to this company. Like, I wouldn't yeah. tell you to come here if, if, I, if I thought it was anything like what you're dealing with. Like, you got to check out what this is all about. Our boss is one of us. Like this yep. guy loves wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just such a different vibe to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like one thing that stood out to me was uh, Alistair Black said that one of his last conversations with Brody, he Brody said that Brody yep. told him like he would love it here. Yeah. And it's like I feel like that everybody it's so funny too. Like so many people are like, Well, Alistair Black will sign and then he'll come back. Dude, nobody's coming back once they experience AEW. Like that they, they're gonna want to stay there. For the rest of their career, it seems like like it doesn't seem like too many guys are itching to get out of there.
1: We need some got more guys favorite coming favorite in. Man, like Adam Cole,
2: dude. Right? I would, that's like that's like the big. That's like the unicorn for me. Is like if they can get Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, like I am set. Like those are the get those two guys out of that WB system, get them in AEW, and then we'll cut. Then we'll cut it off. All right, no more of y'all. Like we got our guys. We got our we got our AEW now. Adam Cole would be involved in so many stories with his history with everyone in that company. It'd be so awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, all right, Brandon, thoughts on current state of New Japan this morning your wheelhouse. This is mine too, but well, what are you thinking right now? There's a
1: snake bitten by COVID. That's just yeah. the main thing. It's just <clears throat> it's ruining a lot of stuff that they have planned, especially with ghetto when he books so far in advance, it's just kind of hard to do that right now. They were trying to do the stadium shows for a long time. They only got like 5,000 people in there. So that was kind of brutal, but the guys still wrestled and the guys are still doing really good matches, even with the clap crowd. Um, They're still pulling off really good matches on there, but the main thing is just COVID just kind of killing them this year for sure.
0: I think Osprey's injury was a big blow too, because then it's like they they made him champion, and all of a sudden it's like gotta pull that up too. Like ugh,
1: one bad. thing I'm I'm very excited on is um, I'm a big fan of New Japan Strong. I think it's okay. an easy one hour show to watch each week, and once they start getting fans, I think it's gonna be a, a really fun show to watch for sure. So I can understand, especially like like during a pandemic when people were skipping on like. Elevation and dark and whatnot. I get it. I mean, you don't want to watch that with a crowd, but like these shows have crowds now, so I definitely recommend to watch both of those. I feel like New Japan Strong is gonna be the same thing. Yeah. Nice. That's sick. That's sick.
2: Yeah, All I right. don't have a ton to talk about it with New Japan at the moment. On unfortunately, like I just feel like they've lost a lot of momentum. But I think a lot of it is what Brandon said. Like it's just. I it
1: mean, I mean, weird stuff like Abooshi getting pneumonia. Like, I mean, who could have predicted that? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Strange.
0: Well, it's like Osprey has this absolute killer match with Shingo. Yeah, and then it's I like three weeks one. later, you find out that he's injured, and not only injured, but like out for a really long time, or whoever knows. Like they still haven't really given you an update. So it's like um, that—that's there. Then they said Abushi had pneumonia. Um, Shingo is a new champion, but then it's like he doesn't have a ton of guys that he can really can like wrestle with so they bring in evil like there's just not a lot that's really getting you all that excited so i, I don't know I'm, I'm not not really feeling new japan right now but it's really nothing to do with them they're just i mean if they if they were more of a smaller company like i would be worried that they could go out of business just because like they're the unknown like all they're doing is ending up having to cancel a bunch of shows. They're not able to sell tickets. It's just it's rough right now.
2: Definitely so. Yeah, Alexander Fitzgerald says I was hoping Samoa Joe signed with AEW. Yeah, he probably does right now too. After seeing Karrion Cross lose to Jeff Hardy, because I bet you <laughs> I have to imagine a big, a probably pretty big contingency of like Samoa Joe signing back to the WWE. Now, once again, I always gotta preface it. If the dude's making the money he's looking for, if he's providing for his family, if that's where he wants to be, more power to him. But I have to imagine a big part of him signing and going back was them being like, Joe, we're gonna bring you back, you're gonna be on NXT, we're gonna clear you to wrestle, and you're gonna be the one to be carrying cross for that title, and you're gonna be the face of NXT again. And and he was probably like, Okay, that all sounds pretty tight. Like, I'll do that. And then Jeff Hardy loses to carrying cross, and now nobody cares if Samoa Joe beats carrying cross or not. So yeah.
1: That's Did they so also tell Samoa Joe that they're gonna be, he's gonna be wrestling in that same building for the foreseeable future? <laughs> because they're not <laughs> they're not traveling. I mean, NXT right. didn't travel to begin with, but even for like Takeover, like yeah, you have a giant crowd in Vegas, but you're gonna hold it in the CWC. I think this is gonna keep them there, honestly.
2: Yeah, they're like, should. yo, why
1: do we why spend money on sending them out on the road or for all we spend money on a building to hold? NXT where we just have this building near, we'll just put them there and people will watch if they want to watch. Not only that,
0: dude, like I went to a show, you know, I saw AEW two weeks in a row. Right. And like the second week, I mean, like it took me more to pop. Right. So like Fred velvet came out in Austin. I was like, all right, red velvet. Cool. She comes out in Dallas. I'm kind of like, I've seen you. I saw you last week, but you know, cool. Like it's not the same, the same thing with Jungle Boy, like the first week I'm like, oh, you know, the second week I'm kind of <laughs> like, oh, you know, like it's not the same. And so, like, I can only imagine if you're constantly going to see these shows, the same same fans, same type of vibe, like you're not going to get the same reactions. You need to travel. Yeah. I ben kogan I I don't, I don't I think, think so either. Do, I think they've made it pretty clear they don't care about NXT. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's been made pretty
2: crystal clear at this point. When when Karrion Cross and Kogan corrected me, I don't know what I said, but that definitely meant Karrion Cross losing to Jeff Hardy. And that, that that to me, is literally Vincent Mann telling me as a viewer, NXT doesn't matter. Like, what you're seeing right now is what we think about NXT. It doesn't matter how much you like these guys. When they show up here, this is what I think about them. I, I don't watch NXT. I don't care about NXT. Neither should you. Um, and that's what's, that's, and regardless of how happy Samojo may or may not be, there's no way that dude is seeing the buzz that's being created by Danielson and Punk going to AW. and there's no way there isn't a part of him going, what the hell did I do? I could have been with, right there with those guys. Like, big, big like, missed opportunity.
0: And not only that, like, what pisses me off is it's like, oh, you guys have a problem with uh carrying Cross losing to Jeff Hardy? Guess what? I'm going to do it again next week. Like, what? Like, that's the type of mentality this company has. They don't give a damn about what you think. They're just going to do whatever they want to do. And I remember listening to Punk um, on the StarCast at All Out, and he was talking about how, Vince wanted him to job four weeks into going into the taker match at WrestleMania. And he's like, you're a heel. And he's like, you'll be more over as a heel. If you lose four weeks <laughs> going into Mania." And punk's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And Vince is like, just do it. And it's like, that's that man's my mentality. Like we're having uh title matches that titles are on the line. So the champions can lose. Like, Nikki Ash or whatever, I'm pretty sure she lost last uh, on Monday. Like She just won the title, and she lost in a non-title match. And now they're talking about possibly booking her and Ripley next week in a non-title match so she can lose to Ripley as well. And then they're talking about making it a triple threat at SummerSlam.
1: It is a triple threat. I think she's facing Charlotte again next week. Right. And she cut a promo after she lost and said, I almost won.
0: I am champion, I am am the newly crowned champion, and I almost won, and I am supposed to believe in this person, and you're surprised these people aren't getting over. What is wrong with you? Like, this is this this and this is what pisses me off. Like, none of this stuff is like rocket science. This is just basics, like. (laughs) Uh, somebody has to win for you if especially if they're a champion for you to believe in them you can't have them lose like in non-title matches what is that
2: yeah AEW just put into perspective AEW's been around for what two years two years and change or whatever the only time a champion has lost a non-title match in the history of the company so far is that loss that was um it set up another match. It was the tag team title the young match. Bucks. Yes, they lost yeah. the
1: Penta and uh, In and Eddie. Yeah.
2: Yes, that was the only non-title, and it's like if it's happening once every two years, I have no problem with that because yeah. that's like that's just setting up the match to get them into the rankings and get them a well, title and shot. Also, like,
0: you can kind of tell the storyline, right? Like the Bucks didn't take it as seriously; they were a little bit more casual, whatever. But like this time, we're going to be serious, or whatever. But these are just like right off the bat, not established champs, brand new champ that wanted in the money in the bank. So it's like you 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 didn't win by pinfall, right? And then now you can't even win a match? Like what?
2: Yeah, and that's my whole point. It's like their champions just constantly lose. Like it just – there's no – the belts mean nothing. The only belt that I think has any value at all in the WWE currently is Roman's title because of just how good he's been. Right. That's it. And I don't care who any other champions are. Whereas you look at AEW, and it's like it's a really big damn deal if somebody beats Kenny Omega for that championship. It was a yep. really big damn deal when Moxley won it from Jericho, and Jericho won it against Hangman. And the, the like, it's it was, it was a their big deal.
1: It was really. a big deal when they won when Archer won a belt that doesn't even belong to the company. Right?
0: Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it was yes. a big deal. Like, when he won that title, I'm thinking, like, this is the greatest moment of his career. Like, and it's not even their title, you know? And then, like, I thought it was a big deal when Miro beat Darby. Yeah, you know? big and, time. And, 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 like, they treat that TNT title with respect. It was a big deal when Britt beat Sheeta, you know? Yeah, Like for sure. Like, it's, it's, it's so bad how bad WWE books their stuff right now. I mean, I'm blown away. Like, it, forget
2: about hating on it or whatever.
0: Like, this is, like, terrible. Terrorism I legitimately
2: stuff. think like they have just gone so far in the direction of just being a children's company and I know people sometimes get like offended like I'm like I'm saying something like really screw- like it's it's a PG show for kids like 100% and I think they're just have just accepted so much this like the company has they're just like is a 7-year-old kid going to really care about 5050 booking just do it they're they're, they're their parents are going to bring them to the show anyways like they like they just they have no they have no care in the world about what people like us think about wrestling. You actually think about it logically. <laughs> those crowds being back, <clears throat> it's
1: kind of faded away hoping them. Because those crowds I've seen like YouTube clips and those people are just sitting on their hands, man, not doing anything. Yep. Yep.
0: yep. yep. And and they're even piping in sounds for, mm-hmm. for on TV. Like that's totally unacceptable to me. Like show them real reactions. You know what I mean? Like if you can't get them to cheer, that's your fault. Like You can't get them to boo. That's your fault. You know what I mean? Like this, everything should be natural. And in the WWE, everything is fake. It's fake scripts. It's fake everything. Like
2: their wrestling is fake. There's nothing real about it. It's people who grew up wanting to be pro wrestlers that have to pretend. That have to learn how to be bad actors. Like it's like it's so weird when you like really think about it. Like this isn't what they trained to do their whole lives. Like playing hopscotch with slime or whatever like have having having to having to sell for a doll you know what i mean like that's i mean you can and people can bring up like the kenny omega thing or whatever that's a totally different thing he was having matches with an with inanimate objects basically to prove a point that he's that good he wasn't running away from a doll he's not chana baszler who is a legitimate badass mma fighter who is scared of a doll you know,
0: like it, 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 and Bill's Mafia he has a great point
2: here. PG show with the average viewer age of like 54. <laughs> Way <laughs> more
1: older people are watching it, probably like it four is, to one.
2: That's well, and, what there, and they're also parents of children, I think, too. A lot of them, you know what I mean? Like kids that are watching the show.
0: But I really think that cable is more of an old people concept, like yes. old people, like then that's the thing, like the reflection of the ratings. A lot of that is just old people that just watch cable. The younger generation find different ways to watch stuff. Um, and so, like, like and that's why I said with NXT, it doesn't matter if you took all those indie guys out and you replaced them with a bunch of Roman Reigns, John Cena lookalikes, the ratings would be close to the same because at the end of the day, like, people are just watching a wrestling program. It's not necessarily what... that they, They're not watching it just for these NXT guys anymore. Yeah. So...
2: It's, uh, and, and just another point, like
0: kids don't even watch TV. Like my kids, for example, we never watch live TV. We're watching apps. Like we're watching what's on the Paramount app or what's on, um, you know, like Netflix, YouTube, whatever. But like nobody's like, hey, dad, turn it on channel 13. I want to watch this. Like turn on Nickelodeon, turn on Disney. Like no, <laughs> Disney Plus, yeah. you know. But, like, but
2: I, I'd, I'd imagine, though, that a lot of the YouTube views are kids. Like, they're, like, big YouTube sure. numbers that they report. Like, that's mainly kids, probably. You know what I mean? For sure. It's
3: just
0: convenience too. Like, a lot of people oh, don't sure. put themselves through uh, actual live viewing, so they just catch what they can on YouTube. Three hours
1: of this? Yeah, forget oh, that. Oh, my God. I'll take like, a three-minute Shelton Benjamin YouTube clip. Yeah, exactly.
2: Because that's the sad thing, too, is, like, there's definitely talent in the company, of course, but it's, like... There's only a few people I even care about at this point. And it's yeah. like, I'm not going to sit through a three-hour show every week for, like, the possibility of maybe one decent segment that, once again, I could just watch for th- in three minutes on on YouTube. And, like, that's all it takes.
1: So I watched the opening 30 minutes of Raw yesterday just for my own amusement. And the fact that five minutes passed by, they did a video recap of previous week's, you know, happenings. I just couldn't imagine Dynamite starting with a five minute video recap. Like, <laughs> I've even like questioned Dynamite. They've done like a 45 second, just quick promo right before. I was like, oh, what's happening here? Like, where's the wrestling? They spent five minutes on a video recap and then a 15 minute in ring promo.
0: And like just, Dynamite, like, Pyro, you know Pyro, Jericho, like mm-hmm. right yeah. off the bat, like boom, you know? Yeah,
2: that was like old WWF and old WCW and stuff. It was Pyro, the music, everyone's going nuts. And then it's like, you know, insert whatever wrestler the new age outlaws are heading to the ring right now to defend the tag team title like, it was like you were right into the action like yes. now it's like i didn't watch raw this <laughs> i mean i haven't i haven't I watched raw last week for the first time since wrestlemania because i wanted to see the john cena reaction and i heard goldberg was coming in so i was like all right let's just see what this is um and then which i was talking about this last week brandon like I'll explain it again since you weren't on the show, and this I'll do it quick. But basically, like, I grew up in Atlanta, Goldberg country, grew up a WCW fan, Goldberg country, grew up Jewish, Bill Goldberg. I was a Mark McGuire fan. They hung out in the 90s. Like, I was a fan of the Grave Digger truck, all this stuff. And I don't want to see Goldberg anymore. Like, who the hell wants to see Goldberg Self, I don't want to see Goldberg anymore. You know what I mean? Like,
0: true. (laughs) Especially where he's at. Like I said, if he just came out, smashed somebody every now and then and left, that's fine. But, like, title shots, like, really? Like, that's that's nonsense. And he lost
2: his last match. He lost to Drew clean, and now he's just. Title shot when he comes. You passed
1: the test, Drew. You passed the
2: test. All <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What
1: test? What the hell are you talking about? Well,
0: and then the one that really threw me off was is he's always says you're next, and then he looks at Bobby Lashley and he's like, "I'm next." So you're next to lose. Is that what you're trying to say? Like, how, how
1: many years ago did he say you're last? Because I remember he said that. Was that 2016
2: when he said that? Hey, the first he was match. He in. Was yeah, 33. He was. That might have yeah. that might
1: have been. The
2: Lesnar, when he came in, yeah, and that's the saddest part about all of it is like perfect send off. Like, comes in, beats Brock in like a minute 20 or whatever, beats Owens, goes to WrestleMania, has probably the best match of his career against Brock Lesnar awesome. at WrestleMania yeah, 33. The match was awesome. Gets to the next night on, I was there live, and I think they showed, I don't know if they showed his speech, but he did this speech, I think, the next night on Raw, talking about his son and the whole deal. And like, it was the perfect send off. Yep. And everything since then has been just weak. Like, just a shell of his former self. And almost killed The
0: Undertaker. That was fun.
2: Yeah, almost killed The Undertaker. Um, you know, uh, beats Bray Wyatt and just kills that yeah. whole momentum. God I mean, just that's not his never. fault, of course. Like, that's the booking. But, like, still... I love that what WWE was that?
0: is uh, planning on a possible Saudi Arabia trip in October as well. Like, oh, my God. Like, this company, dude. It's
2: time to get oh, back. Man.
0: Yeah. Get, Gold, that, Gold, get that blood money.
2: Goldberg or Shawn
0: Michaels? Oh, God.
2: <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Like, I still can't believe they got Shawn Michaels out of retirement for one of those things. That money, <laughs> like, man. So I
0: know, I know. It's so bad. Yes. I wish I never saw that. Like, oh.
1: Is that the um, dark side of the ring? That's this season coming up, right? About that plane ride. Is that yes, plane yes. ride from hell? Yes. yeah. Also, oh no, Rick oh okay. They- so it's the plane ride from hell. It's not the it's not the Saudi plane ride.
0: No, no, no. It's the okay. one where like they fired Scott. Scott Hall. Right, right, right. Brock Lesnar was wrestling Kurt Angle on the plane. <laughs> I want to hear Kurt one with the Angle Saudi one for sure, but I'm Kurt definitely King excited for that on one. the plane, and like yeah. Ric Flair was rocking around in a robe and nothing else. Like that's that plane ride sounds he wild. shaved
2: someone's eyebrows. Yeah, that should be a
0: good one. <laughs> But I did think it was absolutely hilarious that Dark Side of the Ring is supposed to come out with Vince versus like the government on the steroid trial. And then they just announced that WWE is gonna come out with their own series about that. So it's like I now watch the Dark Side of the Ring and then watch that and you tell me who's telling the truth. Like I have a feeling that Vince is really gonna fluff that thing.
1: It's very much like when the two Fire Festival documentaries dropped at the same time. It's like you're gonna yeah. get on... Off- just gotta get a word out there. That was like funny I'm because they all.
2: your argument. I watched both of those, Brandon, because it was like the Netflix one didn't have Billy McFarlane in it, but the Hulu one did. So like right. the Hulu one was like the perspective of like this moron who like let all this happen, and then the rest mm-hmm. of it was all the people who were like just talking a bunch of trash about him. Um, it's it's a uh, yeah, I, that whole, all this the Saudi stuff and all that. That's just yeah it's that's a whole other thing
0: all right brandon well we're running out of time about to get in this mma conversation if you have anything else you want to shout out or talk about
1: no we're just waiting for confirmation on see i guess like everyone else i think we just kind of accepted this is happening right yes it's happening it's happening for sure and (laughs) it's just i feel like every time wwe does a little bit of something to get a little momentum or a little buzz they can just literally just put a rumor out there like Oh, we notice CM Punk walking around Jacksonville or something like that. Just take it right back. So, yep, very exciting though. I'm excited. I mean, how quickly
0: did they smash the hype of John Cena? Instantly. I mean, just gone. Like everybody's all excited, and then like come two days later, it's like nothing.
1: Bye. (coughs) They they might get embarrassed on this New York show, this Madison Square Garden one. Yeah.
2: Yes, for sure. There's a.
0: Uh, so, I was going to
2: say, like, there's one person I know he's super loyal to the WWE, but we've seen people leaving that we didn't expect to come over. I'm just saying, I said it when AEW started. I'm just saying, what if, what if The Undertaker heals up for a couple years and they do him and Sting in AEW? Yeah, just, no, no. just saying. Just saying. I don't Maybe know. Maybe
1: when the video game comes out, you can just kind of recreate that or something. Like that. <laughs> I
2: don't know
1: about real life.
2: They're gonna have know. a killer uh, creator wrestler. Yeah, I'm just saying because you know Tony Khan, if he knows he's available, he's just gonna offer more money than Undertaker's ever seen, like to do just the one, the one match. Like and you know Sting's pushing for it, so. Um,
1: I'm Loy- saying- loyalty is weird, but I feel like he's going to be very loyal to Vince, honestly.
0: I feel the same like, way. What, but what if though? What if Vince is like, "Hey, I don't give a damn. I'm selling this thing anyways. Go ahead. Do you know what <laughs> do I do mean? What you got to do. Because to me, there's a lot of things that are going on that this is not the same Vince McMahon that I've known. Like this does not seem like the same Vince. This does not seem like the same guy that has a real fire to smash his competition or anything like that. It's almost like Oh, you want to go? Good luck. Wish you well. (laughs) No problem. You know what I mean?
2: The whole product and everything just really screams to me like Vincent Mann that we used to know is is a different guy now. Like the dude who was like the guy we knew in the 90s, he is now a grandfather of like three little girls. Like he's probably keeps that in mind when he puts out his programming. Like he's like, it's just a totally different I I I'm with you. Like I I think it's totally possible at this point. It's just like if someone offers him ten billion dollars for the thing or something, like why wouldn't you just take it? Oh yeah, that'd be yeah. silly. Yeah,
0: especially like if you don't really know the future when it comes to like the pandemic and things like that. Like you just if you can cash out, go for it. Especially at his age and stuff. And like I said, they're just making a lot of moves that just kind of seem like he's checked out. Like he's he's kind of ready to just move on. But you know. We'll see, especially if like he doesn't want to leave it to Triple H or Stephanie or anything like that. Like if he's not worried about passing it on to the family, then I think he's open to sell to anybody.
1: I don't know if Hunter will want it right now, to be honest with you, <laughs> the, the way things are happening for him. Like I said, I I want to feel bad, but no. I mean, they went against AEW. They didn't have to do that, but it's hilarious what they're turning that that brand into. Yeah, for real.
0: All right, Brandon man, well thanks for joining us. And uh we'll sure we'll do this again sometime soon. Um probably once uh, all out gets closer, we'll probably do like that all out review like we did with um True Slayer and you probably do yeah. something like that. Be I know great. he's gonna be
1: Bye. in Chicago, I think. I don't know if he's going to the show. I know he'll be in that area though.
2: Man, he's gotta go. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm definitely right excited on. for that though, for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. But uh, thanks, thanks. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming on again, Brandon. Really appreciate it, man. And thanks for always, like, I see you in, like, the chats that I do with Jesse and stuff and whatnot. Like, I Yeah, man, it, you're man. up
1: at 10 a.m. talking about GCW on a Monday. I was like, <laughs> man, my boy Steven, man. Getting after it. Love it.
0: <laughs> and the great thing is, is you so want to talk about GCW, and they so want to talk about the WWE. And you're just like, oh, come on. Let me just go on about GCW. You guys need to watch this instead. But, yeah, I feel you. For sure.
1: Awesome, guys. Appreciate it, man. You take care. All yeah,
0: right, H&M. later, man. <laughs> all right. So we only got like six minutes, but we can go a little bit longer, but not much. But anyways, let's talk UFC. Um, did you get to watch the TJ Dillashaw fight?
2: I got to watch the main event. So, yeah, but same. only the main event. So, same GCW um, was uh was on, and it was a uh,
0: hard to go back and forth. I did make sure that I watched the main event though.
2: Yes, and this also like this will most. This portion here, I'm going to take, I told you earlier, but anyone yep. listening, I'm going to take this portion. This will be its own little podcast on my audio feed. Um, I normally do a weekly show with uh, John Mosley. We weren't able to do it this week. So um, even this winds up being only like 15 minutes or something. It'll be good enough to, to at least cool. to get something out there. But um, cool. but yeah, we would start off, man, like TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sandhagen. I thought this was a really close fight. I think yep. it could have gone either way. What did you think about the decision for Dillashaw?
0: I was good with it. I do think it could go either way, but I definitely don't think you'd call it a robbery, which a lot of people wanted to. And I think they tried to do that because of the Miranda Maverick-Macy Barber fight, which to me was a clear 29-28 for Maverick. Um, But Macy really needed to win that fight. She really turned it on in the third round, though, and I think that that's what impressed the judges. So I think people were already pissed off about the robbery aspect of it. Also, I think people don't like T.J., so I think with TJ coming close to be, to winning and being an underdog, not expecting to win and coming in there and winning, it really pissed people off because they wanted to basically be like, he's a cheat, he's going to lose, and then, you know, we move on. But that didn't happen. I thought TJ looked extremely impressive in the first round. I think once he got cut, what he said was from the headbutt in training, which is why they postponed the fight and it just got reopened. Um, I think that that visually put a lot of uh, people's minds that, like, he's losing the fight. And, like, most people, with the, like, I saw his face. Like, he lost. Like, it's a little bit – it's not that, right? So um, I I did think TJ looked really good, honestly. And I do think that he could fight for the title right now
2: and possibly win it. Yeah, I think he definitely gets the next title shot. He should fight the winner of Jan and Sterling unless maybe – like, I don't think, like, if Yon if wins convincingly, I don't think you can run a trilogy, because he was pretty dominant over Sterling the first time they fought. It was just that illegal knee that, that yeah, you know. I, I um, I,
0: and I think also the waiting to see this fight makes you really not want to see them fight again. Like, if they were able to quickly do a rematch, then that could possibly happen, but now it's like, please, somebody different.
2: yeah i feel the same way so i think you got you got to do tillishaw like i'm i'm gonna assume that yawn's gonna beat sterling for the title like based on their first fight but even if it winds up being sterling that's still fine tj hasn't fought either of those guys before it's a fresh matchup tj never lost the championship he he was suspended and had to vacate (laughs) i know i've seen i've seen a lot of people speculating like Here's, here's the thing about TJ Dillashaw, and I think this is also why a lot of people are so upset that he got the decision over Sanhagen. You were talking about it just a second ago. Like, yep. I think that TJ Dillashaw is very unlikable mm-hmm. because he talked a lot of trash about other people cheating mm-hmm. when he was cheating himself. Mm-hmm. Very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And EPO is something that you... I'm not gonna sit here and accuse the guy that and say like he's still doing it. I have no idea. But EPO is the type of thing that's like very hard to detect. Like, like yeah, it's in and out of your system within like 72 hours or something. So, unless yeah. you get tested at the exact right moment, fighters can and it isn't just TJ, there's plenty of fighters. <laughs> that are using. Well, another stuff, thing that's but...
0: skeptical is he's training with the same people. And yes. so it's like, if you were caught, wouldn't you kind of just move on from those people and all that? And so, well, when,
2: when even like Faber and Garbrandt, like I respect them because like they were his boys and like, they weren't, mm-hmm. they weren't throwing him under the bus, but they've come out more recently and been like, this guy was doing it the whole time we knew him. Like this right. guy has been cheating his whole career. It's just, we didn't say anything cause he was our friend, but like we don't care anymore about like we're not friends anymore. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, um, so it's just, uh, he, I, it's one of those things where like, he doesn't look any different than he did when he was on it. So it's, it's like, I think there's just will, a lot of that that, that that goes into the fact that like,
0: he looked a little bit more winded than he normally is. So I, I don't know. Cause I mean, normally on EPO, you can go all day. Um, he looked, he looked a little bit more winded than he normally did. Honestly.
2: That's so. fair. That's fair. Um, and like they're really, like cruddy thing about the whole situation too is like tj already trains at really high altitude in colorado yes. which is like what epo basically like mimics right so like he doesn't really need to be taking epo if he which trains where he really trains more cardio right like if he's well, on
0: epo and from training in colorado it, it's
2: sure but i the way but you know what i mean it's just one of those yeah, things where like mean. most people just be like you're already have the advantage. I mean, both.
0: honestly, Steven, in my opinion, most people that cheat really don't need to cheat. They're more, it's more it's a of a mental, mental thing yeah. Than, yeah. Than, than anything. It's like, a crutch. Yeah. And like for like a Josh Barnett, like a lot of that, and from what I've heard from like the reasons he would do it is like, he just wanted to speed up recovery. Like he just was lazy. He didn't want to do the ice baths and he didn't want to do all the other stuff. So he would just do that. Right. Or, you know, like, like they're having doubts in themselves for whatever reason, and then they want to do it, but like they're, they're, they have the ability without it. And it, that's what's unfortunate. Most people that cheat usually don't need it.
2: Yeah, that's very true. I, I think it's, I think it's way more of a mental type thing. Um, which is to me, TJ's very shown you very much that he is mentally
0: um, weak me. in the confidence area. Yeah. So like, he he had like he hurt his knee right off the bat. He had a cut face. Like he could have got out of there. Like to me I felt like Cody Garbrandt kind of quit in his fight. And I don't feel like TJ did. Like TJ showed a lot of heart and he went through it. But like there's nobody that makes more excuses than TJ Dillashaw. Like whenever he wins, whenever he loses, he has a ton of excuses. He's ultra competitive to the point to where it's unhealthy. And uh that's that's to me why he cheats. That's to me why he would go and do something like that, because it's like I think he expects perfection and and he's reaching for that and he can't reach it, you know?
2: Yeah, it's just so hypocritical. So much of the stuff he does like his <clears throat> I'll never forget, like for the first time he fought Garbrandt, <clears throat> like he dropped him and he was hitting him with ground and pound. But like Garbrandt wasn't out completely. But like TJ definitely won. Like that was a good stoppage. There was nothing wrong with that. The same thing happened to him against Sihuto. Like it just happened yep. to him, but it was the same yep. scenario. Yep. And he I that wasn't a loss. I'm I've never lost to Henry Sehuto. Like I was shooting a single and I, I that wasn't out cold. It's like, dude, you were grabbing his leg because you were half knocked out and he was still hitting you in the face. He like lost fair and square.
0: And not only that, he was talking about how easy the weight cut is, and yet he's like literally on EPL. He's <laughs> yeah. like literally dying. Like they're barely able to like get him to his bed. He's like barely able to move his, he's all drawn out and he's like, it's one of the easiest weight cuts I've ever had. Like, dude, you're like about to die. Like they didn't stop it. You know, like yeah. that's, that's TJ. But like that being said, the sad thing is I do think he's a great fighter. I sure. think that he, he has more power in that weight division than a lot of guys. I think if sure. he connected to yawn, he could hurt yawn. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes it interesting, right? Like I think that he has the power to put guys away. So um San Hagen is a little bit more of a mover, just like a dominant Cruz. He fights a lot like Cruz that's going right. side to side and throwing kind of awkward. I think him. I think Jan will just square up with him and and I think it could be an awesome fight. So um and I think the UFC would like to do him and Jan if they could. Like to me, that's yeah. the more money fight. So Overall, it was a good night for TJ Dillashaw. Um, Love him or hate him, I'm glad he's back. Like, I I enjoy watching him fight. I think he brings good fights. Uh, Should you still be skeptical that he's cheating? I mean, possibly, but man, that's such a risk because if he gets caught, it's lifetime ban. Like, that's that's where I hope he, he really isn't doing stuff like that, but you never know.
2: Yeah. I feel the same way. And, and like, to be fair, like, I'm still a huge John Jones fan and he's had a yeah. bunch of those issues and stuff. And it's like, I'm not sitting, I'm not sitting here and like, like, I, I think TJ, like I've said, it's, he deserves the title shot based on yeah. what he's done in the octagon and, and him having the belt and all that. There's no way of knowing if and when he was doing things, but like, he got caught and it was proven. But I honestly, I honestly believe like, probably at least like 70, 80% of the people in the UFC are on something on the band list. i said yeah. at, at various points, like, yeah, even whether they know it or not. I mean, you go to GNC, you take some protein powder. You don't even know on the ingredients list that there's like some sort of anabolic steroid in there. Well, that's my
0: thing though, that I think is so silly, right? Like you could take something at GNC and that's on the band list, but like you can go and use a machine that increases your blood cell counts and all this stuff. And that's fine. Like right cheating, like the, with technology now, things should be illegal that aren't. And you can still do that. Like, like I said, creating like new red blood cells and all this other stuff for your oxygen and going in like hyperbaric chambers and all that stuff. I mean, that is a performance enhancing sure. thing and it's legal. So it it's just, it's more of a technicality in my opinion on certain stuff. Like you have to be taking the really hard stuff in my opinion, if you're really trying to cheat, then then like I took something to GNC that has a little bit of this in it or whatever. You know what I mean?
2: For sure. And there was there's even been instances of fighters like failing – like they eat steak and like they don't know that the, the cow was shot up with steroids. Like, yeah. Because how, how could they? And, so and, like,
0: a, and I would say this too is if TJ – if TJ ever had the incentive of cheating – like, I feel like this would be the fight, right? He's been gone two years. He's worried he doesn't have it. Like, this would be the fight where he'd be like, I need something to make me get through this. I have a long layoff and all that stuff. If he's not scared of getting caught, right? Yeah. But hopefully he's so scared of getting caught that he leaves the stuff alone. But he was shredded. He looked pretty much the same. And, man, being away to the octagon that long and still looking that good, that's it's pretty impressive.
2: It's definitely impressive, and and I've said this before too. And I just to be fair about it, like the one, the one big positive, I guess, or the one thing I really have respect for TJ is that <laughs> unlike most people, when he got caught, he straight up owned up to it. Like he was like, yeah. "I did, I cheat, I did it." It was literally the the most blunt, just honest. Like yep. I cheated to try to win, like a hundred percent. That's why I did it, and. Um, now, granted, would he have admitted that if he didn't get caught? Of course not. He, he, no. He, he'd just be cheating still. But at least, at least there was that. Like, if you can bring any positive out about it, is like most of the time when people get caught cheating, they just deny it. At least he, at least he admitted it and just said he did it because he was trying to win. So it's like, okay, well, and then he served the two-year suspension. And I'm, I'm fair about that. Was like people go to jail unless it's like something insanely, insanely bad. Most right. of the time, I'm like, you know, you did something. You went to jail. You served your your debt to society, and now, like, I can't really hold that against you anymore. Like, you you served the punishment. So, like, yeah. you know, I have to give I have to give TJ the benefit of the doubt, the same way I give someone like John Jones the benefit of the doubt or, or Vitor Balfour, whoever you can name. Like, right. I, I the the only reason that TJ is so much more unlikable to me is the stuff I've said before, like him throwing under other people under the bus, and like you were doing it yourself. Like, come on, man. Um, I but, mean, that's the
0: thing, though, like, right, when, you know, you have a girl that's, like, always accusing you of cheating. She's probably cheating herself, and that's why she's so paranoid about it. So she thinks you're doing it, you know what I mean? And it's a, lot, a lot of times, like, same thing with the cheater attitude, right? Like, they know they're cheating, they know what they're doing, and then they see people that they think are doing the same thing, and so they accuse them of it, right, because they, they're they recognizing the same types of traits and tactics that they did. So, yeah, you just kind of have to watch out for that. If someone's, like, overly over-the-top talking about cheating, then I think that they're definitely cheating. Like, in my opinion, like, and this is not the most, like, popular opinion, I think Floyd Mayweather absolutely has been cheating. I think that he knew the system. I think USADA was built for him. He understood when to cycle on and off. And if you look at his body when he came in, and then, like, as much as he's talked about, like, cleaning up the sport and having a clean sport, like, he's doing that because he knows when. That's why, like... Like, if you paid attention to the Manny Pacquiao fight when they announced it, it was just completely out of the blue. Like, that fight is something that's so big that you don't just randomly just t- say, Hey, we're going to do this in two months. But, like, that's how they did it. And it's because he was on a cycle and he had to wait till he was going to get off the cycle. And then he announced when he could do it. So, like, I, and there's stuff that he got away with by the Nav- Nevada Athletic Commission because he owns Nevada, he lives there, he's a huge draw there. If Connor was there, he could probably be the same. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that goes on. So it 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 really does depend on what you can get away with, your star power and stuff like that. So
2: Yeah. And I, I can see what you're where you're coming from. I don't know nearly as much about that situation um but i mean i definitely get what you're saying but by the same logic like do you think gsp was cheating one thousand percent really honestly. see i don't but it's because i'm such a big fan i just can't i just can't if he, you would have had if you would have ever got caught in any kind of compromising scenario
0: yeah
2: but i mean here's the thing you remember
0: bj Penn always accusing him of his yes. Cheating? yes yes
2: yeah and, and nick diaz i think as well but like it's it's one of those things with like he doesn't pass the looks test, right? Cause like he, he looks like he'd be on. So he looks like he's chiseled out of granite and he was uh-huh. ultra competitive. Like he was very like, I can't lose. Like I get, I get all that, but like there was never, it's kind of like Henry Griffey jr. In baseball, right? Like there was never, he was never even accused of it. Like to any kind of like real degree. So it's hard for me to like lump him in with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel you, but
0: one thing that was really telling to me is he did like a Joe Rogan interview and he broke down exactly what guys are doing to, to uh, pass steroid tests that are still on it. And it's like, I know he knows it. And then like, I remember this is, this is what you're talking about confidence issue. I think he's one of those people. I think he's one of those people that it gets to him so much, the pressure and everything and having to have an edge. And I remember if you watched the primetime show with him and Johnny Hendricks, He was like, I do everything I can to just get the little advantages that I possibly can find. No matter what it is, I find ways that I can have an advantage over my opponent. And to me, that is somebody that and then you look at his body. It's never changed. It's looked exactly the same for like 20 years. And if you listen to most people that say that they're on steroids, like that's one of the traits. Right. They say that, like, if you see somebody that's looked like that for like the same for like 20 years, like they're on it. And so I, I, I definitely think that he's been on steroids before, gotcha. but I, but I mean, it's, it's a hearsay, And honestly, I don't really care. I don't know. Oh, really I'm
2: the same way. I, I, I think, I feel like they should be able to take whatever they want as long as their opponent is in the same boat. Like, yeah. You I know mean,
0: it, the, what got him was this is cardio and his wrestling ability. Honestly, like that's really what made him a dominant champion. So and then people, people want to be like, no, not my guy, not my guy. But like, honestly, like, like you said, it could just be a GNC thing or whatever. But like, I think, I think George really knew the system well. So, um, but yeah, besides that, I really want to talk about this Bellator fight because I don't think it gets a lot of publicity, but like this fight is one of the best fights in their company's history. I think this fight is incredible. Um, AJ McKee is 17 and zero. he's undefeated. Pitbull is 32 and four. Uh, he, he has this knockout power at that weight that is just really rare. And I'm not sure how great he is because he has lost before, right? He's lost four times and he's lost.
2: Um, but if I remember correctly, it was like a leg injury to that Vincent,
0: that, that and the
2: rest, the rest are like split decisions.
0: Yeah, it's like decisions. Like, it's not like... But yeah. I mean, he's gone five rounds multiple times and things like that. Like, he, recently, he's picked up momentum is basically what I'm saying. Like, he right. hasn't been this dominant guy forever, but, like, his last four or five fights, like, he's just been a killer, right? Well, and, and
2: Champ Champ, too. You can't forget that. Yeah.
0: Champ Champ, and, like, you know, him and Chandler, like, he finished Chandler real quick. <laughs> I mean, like... But McKee looks unbelievable. He won this tournament to get a shot at Pitbull. And, I mean, A.J. McKee might be the best fighter at that division in the world. We don't know yet. He's 17-0, and 0, and he looks fantastic. So uh, this is a really big fight for Bellator. I feel like Bellator's had zero buzz. <coughs> Nobody's really talking about him. I thought the Showtime thing was going to be great in this tournament and all, but, like, it really hasn't. there hasn't really been a lot to talk about but this fight deserves a lot of attention this fight is a really good fight
2: yeah when was McKee's last win uh it was like a guillotine or something real early I think double check um because I want to say he got like a submission real fast last time and that crank that's what it was uh Darian Caldwell that's right I I just found I just looked up his record um yeah this is a tough one to predict too because it's like Pitbull's been so damn good, mm-hmm. and like he's fought such good guys consistently that like, but AJ is undefeated. Like it's, yep. it's hard to pick against him too. Um, but we also this is saw like the ultimate
0: test to see how good McKee is. This is kind of like Conor versus Aldo, right? Like that's kind of what this reminds me of. That type of fight,
2: and that was one where like the young gun prevailed like the the 13 second knockout but it also kind of reminds me of a matchup that i just saw was announced for the rematch lima and day and uh mvp because like because we saw the opposite there like it turned out lima was just too big of a step up for mvp at least when they speaking to that first
0: that's
2: what i just said i saw they announced the rematch today so um so i don't know like does mckee pull like the Connor and get the win over the dude or does or is it too big of a step up kind of like what we saw with MVP I don't I don't know
0: well what's interesting to me is McKee's already done the tournament if he beats Pitbull like there's not a lot left in Bellator for him to fight and then it's just like he's just gonna rank up some wins but like I really feel like the UFC has their eyes on these guys as
2: they should for sure yeah um as far as a prediction like I got to go Pitbull. like just because of like how he's looked at who he's been beating. Yeah. But like, it, it would not surprise me to see AJ McKee win. Obviously I did. I, this is like, this is definitely the best featherweight matchup that the company could put together, like hands down. So I'm glad we're getting it. It should be a great fight.
0: The way I feel is if McKee wins, he's going to win by like impressive domination f- fashion. It's not going to decision. He's going to go in there. He's going to finish Pitbull within a couple of rounds. If Pitbull wins, I think it's just going to be a knockout. I think he's going to catch him. He's going to knock him out. Knock him out or TKO, one or the other. But like that—that's how I feel. Like I, I feel like if Pitbull wins, this neither way. I don't feel like this fight's going to decision. I think that they're one of them's going to win in decisive fashion.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. And then uh, there was two more things I wanted to talk about. Before yeah, we get ahead. out of here. Um, one of them, we'll talk about this first, and then obviously I want to – uh, kind of a early prediction for Usman and Colby. That's the second thing. But uh, for this, you know, this upcoming weekend, the main event is Uriah Hall and Sean Strickland middleweight fight. Um, Who do you have winning that one?
0: Uh, I was looking at Strickland, and I I don't really remember him too much. But I think he's won like four in a row or something. But it hasn't yeah. been against like top level competition yet. And yeah, Uriah Hall is just one of those. You know, he kind of reminds me of like, and I'm not saying he's as good, but like mental Vitor, right? Like when Vitor was mentally there, like he was a killer, but sometimes he would kind of be checked out and not as yeah. motivated. Like that's that's Uriah Hall to me. Like if he's ready and willing and motivated, like he should win this fight. But if he's going to be hesitant and not try to really engage, then I don't I don't see it going too well for him.
2: I feel the same exact way. Like, I think Strickland's a really solid fighter. Um, I think Christoph Jocko was, like, probably his biggest win. That was his most recent fight. Okay. Um, but then you have Uriah Hall, who, like, you know, his last two wins are Anderson Silva and Chris Weidman. And, like, obviously, like, the Weidman leg break was, was brutal. But he – I mean, he knocked out Anderson cold. So, like, I think Uriah Hall's got a lot of uh, momentum right now. And uh, Eduardo, Eduardo – I can't remember why I said e- – Eduardo – Yes. Lozano. I was there like missing go. his two, I was missing his two names together. Thank you, Eduardo, uh, for, his, uh, for contributing to the chat. He says that Bellator is a better card than UFC this weekend. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. I agree yeah, with I that. Do too. I do too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm taking a Rye hall. I just think he has more tools to win and he's got a lot of momentum and like you've got to have a lot of confidence. You just beat two of the best middleweights UFC's UFC's had. Like, I mean, yeah. that's, that's super impressive. So, Plus, and I think, ha-
0: <laughs> you know, the Weidman one that there's a lot of people who use that as a fluke, right? So he's going to want to prove people that he's he's a legit contender. So, like, this is a good fight
2: for him. And middleweight's pretty open, too. Like, yeah. he he's not that far off from a potential title shot. And that's, like, you know, coming off the Ultimate Fighter, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the expectations for him. But after a few fights in, I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's never going to fight for the world title. Like, he's he's okay, but he's not, like, He's not the next Anderson Silva, which is what the UFC was trying to present him yes, as. Yeah. But now we're at a point where like he's not that far off from a potential title shot. So like Yeah. And he and he also has the advantage of never have fought in Adesanya before. Because everyone right. else is like he's beaten all these guys already. And so like that's an interesting matchup,
0: especially if yeah. you just stay standing. You know what I mean? Like if Uriah Hall brings his A game in a stand up matchup with Izzy, that could be interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So um, so yeah, I'm taking Uriah Hall, and then uh, the last thing I want to talk about, like I said, it's official that we're gonna get Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington too. Uh, two questions about that: obviously, who do you think is gonna win, and then do you think do you think that Leon Edwards got screwed?
0: So I've seen this Leon Edwards argument a lot, and like I think that what what you have to to put into account is how close the Colby and Usman fight was the first time, right? Like it's not necessarily about how many wins he's had previous or whatever the case may be. It's how close was the Usman fight. And then when you go back and you watch all these other Usman fights, how much he's destroyed everybody and like how close Colby was to possibly winning that fight. You can't ignore that. Plus it helps that it's one of Dana White's favorite fights of all time. It's one of their favorite fights he ever did. So he's a big fan of doing this fight. Um, so I'm not upset. Plus, I don't think Leon Edwards did himself any favors by almost getting knocked out by Nate Diaz at the end of the fight. Like For five sure. round domination till the last like minute, and then he almost got knocked out. So everyone who watched that fight basically thinks like if there was a round six, Nate Diaz wins that fight, one hundred percent. And most so. people view Nate won the fight, like in it, it, not in not in actual record wise but right. they walked away feeling like their guy won the fight. If if
2: this was pride, he would have won. Like he yeah. would have, because it would have been like, he was the dominant, he was the dominant figure of the fight as it was ending. Like, it, it, you know, but that's a whole other conversation in itself. But yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. Like there are sort obviously by like the 10 point must system, the round by round scoring, Leon Edwards won four rounds to, to one for, right. for sure. But, right. but if this was like a real fight, and you're judging based on like, how does everyone look when the fight ends? Nate Diaz would have won. So like, that's, that's how I, so and I see like, what Honestly, you're
0: I know as crazy as this sounds, I think that Dana views Nate as a draw, but I don't think Dana thinks Nate is that good. So I think that when he sees Nate almost put your lights out, he's thinking to himself like, yeah, you ain't the guy. Like, what would he like, spawn to do to you? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what he's thinking. I'm not kidding. So, like, I don't think that that helped him at all, that Nate fight. Um, I think it helped him get more eyeballs on him and find out who he is. But, like, it wasn't the best showing. Let's just say that. And with Colby, it's also bad blood, man. There's bad blood. You can sell that fight, pay-per-view. It sounds like it's going to be at the Garden from what I'm understanding. So, um, you know. That, that's their goal, personally. I think Usman's just better. I think he's gotten better. I don't know if Colby's gotten better. I think Colby's been really inactive. That's hurt him. I think that just beating Tyrone Woodley after losing to Usman doesn't really do you a whole lot. So um, if, if I was a betting man, I'd definitely be betting on Usman. Do I want to see this fight? Absolutely. Do I want this thing to be over with? Absolutely. I'm ready to have Usman you know defend his title, and then we'll see what happens after that,
2: well, yeah, and if Colby wins like then they run back the trilogy and then i and then I also know obviously like leon and and uh Usman fought before years back, yes. but like but Usman's so much better now than he was then, yeah um and colby has i think colby is the only person in the, in the division stylistically that can beat usman like i'm not saying he's going to i just think he's the only one with the stylistic you know the way that he fights he's the only one i think and i think this fight too is going to be a lot different than the first fight the first fight they were out there to prove like who could knock out who it was like a yep. strictly stand-up this i think they're going to actually wrestle and actually like utilize their full their full skill sets also, though Usman had a broken hand going into the last fight and still knocked out Colby in the fifth, so like yeah. you know, Usman with two good hands might be even more dominant. You know, I just think Usman the
0: power factor is just so much different than Colby. Like the yeah. output, what makes what makes Colby any bit of a threat to Usman is just the output. It's just that he's going to throw five hundred strikes if he can, like if he before he gets knocked out or anything. But like if he's able to go, he can go all night, and he throws an unbelievable amount of strikes and he keeps coming forward. So that, that's what makes this fight interesting. But I just, at the end of the day, power is there. Colby got caught at the end. Colby's going to get caught again, in my opinion. And, and Usman's going to win.
2: Yeah. And like Usman gets hit, like he's, he gets rocked in his fights, yeah. But but Colby doesn't have like a ton of knockout power though. That's kind of. Well, and it's like Gilbert Burns, man, how good is he? 'Cause he hurt
0: Usman bad and then he easily beat Wonder Boy. Like I have a feeling they might be running that thing back soon because he's he's looked pretty impressive and the, and he's already like ranked like I don't know three or four or two or
2: something like that. Last question, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, yeah. If Nick Diaz beats Robbie Lawler, you give him a title shot? Oh my God. Mm. I
0: can't do that. I, you got to have him face somebody else. But I get it if it's just completely empty. And I would get it maybe if he, like, knocked Robbie out like he did at 47, UFC 47. Like, if he knocks Robbie, like, out cold, then, then possibly. But honestly, I feel like Nate makes more sense for a title shot than, than Nick, honestly, just because Nate's been more active.
2: Yeah, the reason I say that is just mainly, like, because – Usman's already in that territory of like having a rematch all these people so it's like if Nick comes in he wins it's like really sellable because it's like you know because it's Nick Diaz and he's still probably going to be a, a big draw with the company and he's never won the UFC title but he had like a yeah. strike force belt and all that stuff so it's like I I could see them maybe doing that just for the sake of like al- almost similar to like when they gave GSP the title shot against Bisbing, where it was like it didn't really make sense to do it but like it made business sense to do it, but like rankings wise and stuff, it didn't make any sense. So, you know, would um, be so
0: interesting <laughs> with that though. is like, if Usman like fought Nick, just straight up stand up, like that's a guy that's just going to unload, has good boxing skills, usually just comes forward, doesn't get stopped for the most part. Like he could possibly really test Usman's cardio and power because I mean, we've never seen Nick get knocked out. So, uh, That would be interesting, but if like Usman just tries to just take him down, exactly ground and pound, this thing is a wrap. It looked
2: like the GSP Nick Diaz fight, one hundred
0: percent. But but what from what we've seen of Usman, he's he's game, dude. He's ready to strike with you. He doesn't care if it's his advantage to take you down. Like I only feel like Usman's gonna go for takedowns unless he feels like he's in trouble. Otherwise, he's more than willing to stand and trade with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just for the record, I am taking Usman as my prediction. I just – I think Colby's got a shot. I, I'm thinking it's it's almost like a 60-40, though, for me, like yeah. Usman. You know, it's like it's 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 at least – usually when because it's because Usman, I'm, like, way more one-sided. When I think Usman. because
0: of Colby's gimmick, people try to crap on him as a fighter. But, like, if you just look at him just straight up as a fighter, like, the guy's really damn good. And yes. very few people have beat him. So, like, he has a legit – shot. Do I think it would have looked better for him going into it if he had fought like a Gilbert Burns or Leon Edwards or somebody like that and then getting a title shot? Yes. And I think it would have helped him too because, like I said, to go from like this long layoff and only beat Tyron Woodley and then you've got to fight Usman again, like that's... And honestly, I feel like this is Colby's exit plan. Like he's going to get another shot at Usman and if he loses... I just don't see him, like, taking more fights to be a contender. Like, I think that he'll be done with the sport if he loses. Because I, I think he's kind of sold his soul to try to get this title shot. And I think he's over the gimmick if it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like, if he do, if it doesn't work, he's not going to want to be rocking MAGA hats and all that stuff in 2024. Like, he's just going to be like, dude, like, it's I'm done. Like i tried it didn't work i'm on something else
2: yeah i feel the same way cool that's perfect that'll that'll work for uh for the mma portion for sure i got you steven appreciate it
0: all right so that that wraps up this episode um thanks for watching if you haven't please hit that like button uh please subscribe if you haven't if you're new to the channel Um, and, uh, yeah, tomorrow's dynamite is going to be fire. Nick Gage versus freaking Chris Jericho in a hardcore match. Who would have thunk it? They got the eliminations. Um, you got the elimination match with, uh, the elite at dark order, Adam page, uh, thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart. They added, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, what else you got? Oh, uh, FTR versus, uh, Proud and powerful, like the show's loaded. So Hell definitely yeah. check out Dynamite if you haven't. Go back and watch the GCW replay if you haven't. It's amazing. Um, and yeah, we'll
2: catch you yeah. guys next just, week. Just real yes. quick, anyone That's who's watching me. this, I'm done. Yes, tomorrow, tomorrow um, at 11 a.m. Eastern time, myself and Jesse are going to go live on her channel, and I'm going to we're going to be doing like predictions for. Um, for the aw show for fight for the fallen and she watched her first gcw shows this weekend so um i talked about it a bit on her channel solo but she hasn't had a chance to talk about what she thought about the shows yet so if you want to hear her thoughts and more thoughts of, of mine on gcw and the, the predictions for tomorrow's aw show make sure to tune in tomorrow that's youtube.com slash jesse davin j-e-s-s-i-d-a-v-i-n that'll be 11 a.m eastern time so uh please join us if you're watching this Thanks again, y'all. We'll catch you later.